Well, what's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. It's a beautiful Tuesday night. We'll talk a little bit about the war going on, but not too much. I did see over the weekend on Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson did a little intro for SNL and gave what I thought was a nice intro, you know, talking about how terrible it is and... You know, prayers for all the innocent people that are caught up between everything. I thought it was nice. I turned on Ben Shapiro's show today because that's how bored I was. And I heard him talking about Pete Davidson intro, Davidson's intro. And uh, he was very upset about it. You see, he, and I'm just going to use him as an example, but there's a lot of people like this. He's maybe one of the most outspoken because of he, has, he has a large audience. You you you're you really can't even talk about how you feel bad for all of the innocent people being killed in Gaza right now without being like a Hamas sympathizer or an Israel hater when it comes uh to to his position on the matter and that's just something that I don't really agree with I think that you can be sad that innocent people are dying and not even have to talk about what side of a border they live on or what the people who governed them did that was wrong, and whether or not they deserve it because of what their government did to someone else. See, Hamas has actually elected leadership in Palestine back in 2006. That's when they had the election. I tweeted out today. Even though Palestine is not really a country. (laughs) I heard uh, Ron DeSantis said something like, well, let's not forget that Palestine elected Hamas as their leadership. And so that's what you're supposed to say when you talk about people in Gaza dying, or, or Gaza elected Hamas as their leadership, as if this is the one election, by the way, that was safe and secure, completely indisputable. No mail-in ballots. There's no, there's no possible way that it was messed with whatsoever. This is the, the, cleanest the truest Middle Eastern election <laughs> that there's ever been. Yeah, and it was in 2006. That mm-hmm. was the last time that there was an election. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. Everyone over there is innocent or Israel shouldn't fight back. Israel shouldn't defend themselves. I just get annoyed when people say things like we can question elections all over the place. Like, oh, I bet you there was something funny going on there. I bet there's something funny going on there. When it comes to this and you're talking about thousands of civilians dying, you're like, oh, well, they elected Hamas. Did they? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a a lot of support. What's the justification for for the attack? You know? So, what attack? Yeah, for launching 3,000 oh, rockets yeah. and par- paragliding and... Paragliding. Yeah, paragliding. Not parasailing. It's hard yeah. to hold a gun when you're parasailing. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Yeah. So, I want to I play um, Ben Shapiro's response to uh, Pete Davidson, and you'll hear some of uh, Pete's, Pistol Pete, as I call him, some of his intro for SNL in this clip. Roll clip one, producer. Our moral exemplars our moral elite. They're completely disconnected from the American people and from reality. And they break down into basically two categories. One are the stupid, and two are the are the cynical pro-Hamas. And they're not the same category. I'm not going to suggest, for example, that Pete Davidson on SNL is pro-Hamas. He's not. He's just a typical Hollywood idiot. Right? He's somebody who has reverted to all situations are the same, all morality is the same, I can't take sides here. I can't, I can't. Now, let's be real about this. Everyone should be mourning right now. Civilians murdered in Israel for the crime of being Jews. 
and members of the civilian population in Gaza who are murdered by Hamas. Okay, it is a Hamas murder. When you hide a child in front of your guns while you shoot at other people and the child dies in the crossfire, that is your problem. When I say your problem, I mean your moral problem. It's everybody's problem, but it's your fault. What's amazing is how unable they are to make actual moral distinctions, like basic moral distinctions between the murdered and the people who are attempting to defend themselves. Well, that's what you got on SNL. And you saw so many. So So first off, what I'll say is I'm not attempting to make any moral distinction between the murdered and people trying to defend themselves. I'm saying that in both situations, the child didn't deserve to die. And it's sad that the child died, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't think the kid knew that it was in Israel getting killed by a terrorist versus the kid that was being held by a Hamas terrorist and getting shot. You know, those or are the kid that had are, a bomb dropped. Yeah. In his bedroom. Yeah. Those are, bedroom. those are kids that died. There's your moral equivalence of it's sad when kids die. That's, that's it. It's sad it's, when anyone yeah. dies, but especially kids. And I think that that should be avoided at all costs. And, well, we'll play a little bit more of the clip and we'll talk just a, a bit more about this. Many people in the in the Twitterverse, the moral relativists, immediately, oh, isn't this so nice? Isn't this so nice? Because everyone is your moral apathy. And that's what it amounts to. Sympathy that is equally distributed between Hamas and Israel amounts to a moral apathy that is effective for Hamas. What Hamas would like is for you to be morally apathetic about the situation and for you to, for you to basically throw up your hand and say, too complicated, don't know. Okay, this is not particularly complicated. The side that murders babies in their beds for the crime of being babies, that's the bad guys. Here was Pete Davidson on SNL, both sizing this thing. This week, we saw the horrible images and stories from Israel and Gaza. And I know what you're thinking. Who better to comment on it than Pete Davidson? (laughs) Well, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, I am a good person to talk about it because when I was seven years old, uh, my dad was killed in a terrorist attack. So... I know something about what that's like. Um, I saw so many terrible pictures this week of children suffering, uh, Israeli children and Palestinian children. When Pete Davidson's statement on this thing is basically suffering is bad. Yeah, we were, we are in agreement. We are in agreement. But suffering is bad is not a moral message. And unfortunately, that is the side that's taken up by so many of our moral sophisticates. What I'm saying is that when the, the focus of what obviously is a moral conflict becomes not the actual moral conflict between one side that is evil and one side that wishes to preserve its own citizenry. And it instead becomes all suffering is is from the same source. And thus, if we could just make the suffering stop tomorrow by snapping our fingers, leaving Hamas in place to murder babies, that would be fine. Okay, just a little clip there. I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand what he's so, getting at there. So basically anytime... I mean, you- I understand what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get what he's saying. If you talk but about why attack like Palestinian children are just as important as Israeli children. But when you say that you are putting some blame on Israel for killing Palestinian children, there is and, blame on Israel and, for killing Palestinian and, children and implying that they are doing something wrong in killing Palestinian children. That is wrong. Well, you see, you are more a moral <laughs> equivocator. As he would say, these are not the same because Israel is fighting for the right reasons and Hamas is not. But the problem is, like what Costco said, the problem is that Ben is equating civilians to Hamas terrorists. Like it's never sad when Hamas terrorist dies. I don't feel bad at all for a Hamas terrorist dying. Right. What's weird is 
there's also this weird double standard. So imagine the argument here. It's also wrong when America kills Iraqi children. Yeah, it it is. Or Syrian children. Like 9-11 was really bad. Also, we killed like hundreds of thousands of civilians in several different countries. To millions. To millions over the years, potentially. Which is wrong. Okay. And that's all so bad. And that's very sad for all of those people. Those people no longer care about whether or not America was attacked or whether or not our government believes in liberty and democracy and their government was a dictatorship. Like, they don't care because they're human beings. In fact, they, a died. lot of them probably wish that they could reinstate Saddam Hussein. They probably do. So it's still sad when that happens. There's this weird double standard here that happens. The Hamas terrorists, the idea is that they like to hide behind civilians. Uh, they could like hold kids and a gun at the same time. Okay. Now, if you remove the idea of war from that, to me, that is a hostage situation. Exactly. Now, imagine that as a hostage situation. A, someone takes hostages in New York, and they're holding the baby, and they got a gun, and then you at got... At a bank. Let's just say at a bank, bank. And they're holding the kid, and they got a gun. You don't just bomb the building, do you? No. Do you bomb the building when no, someone has hostages? You're like, well, the, the, those... The whole goal is to people. make sure the hostages are safe. <laughs> and so the difference is when you look at the uh, Gazan civilians and you say, well, they should have they should have left. They were warned. What if they can't leave? What if Hamas is blocking them from leaving, which they are actively blocking them from leaving? What if they would get murdered if they spoke out against Hamas, which they would if they were to speak out against Hamas? At this point... Many of the people that are behind become hostages. And now there's a difference because there are Israeli and American hostages currently in Gaza that they're going to be looking for. Now, do you think if they have a building and it's got five Hamas terrorists in it and it's got 10 Israeli hostages in it, do you think they're just going to bomb the building to kill the terrorists? Sounds like they might actually. <laughs> they might. Yeah. <laughs> they might actually do. They shouldn't. But let's stick with but the it idea. It sounds here. like they might. My. My my guess is that if they knew that there were 10 Israeli hostages in there, they would be more tactical with their operation. And they would try and set up and they would find a way to kill the terrorists and save the hostages. They might even put themselves in direct harm's way while trying to trying to rescue those hostages. And that's because they're Israeli hostages. But if there were five Hamas terrorists and there were 10 Palestinian civilians who had nowhere else to go... The idea is that you just bomb the building and don't care about it whatsoever anymore. It doesn't matter. And I'm not cool with that. I'm just not. Because their suffrage is different. It, I guess they're different classes of people, apparently. And I, I, I disagree strongly. Yeah. I, I just do. I get it. Israel got attacked. They're going to defend themselves. The second part of that is that we all know that as they go through there and they kill a bunch of people, there's going to be more Hamas after this than there were before. Every time they try to kill a few of them, they're going to create six every single time. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that that's the way I wish it was, or that's the way that I've decided it is. That's just the way that it is. And so then you have to ask yourself, especially doing it this way, like yeah. leveling civilization. So then if you're, if your goal is to eliminate Hamas because they're dangerous, you might have to ask yourself is the way that we are trying to eliminate Hamas, eliminating Hamas. No, or we is, know we have years, we have decades of proof of this. Or is ISIS just going to move in? <laughs> exactly. Or just more people are going to join Hamas or Hezbollah or whatever. That's just, that's the way of the world. It's the truth. And right now this is just 
revenge. And you're going to try to show them like you never attack us again, but actually they're just going to make a whole bunch more people want to attack them even harder in different ways. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I guess that's our thoughts on this current war right now, starting off on a Monday. Mm. Thanks, Ben. I enjoy listening to a show most of the time, but I can't really do it when this kind of stuff is going on because he, he beats the war drum so hard every time he's in a, he's an Israel and America firster. Absolutely. At, at all costs. It doesn't matter if you murder children <laughs> along with it, as long as you win, we're going to roll. Through and I just a, think there should be, there's got to be a better way. I, there is there a better has, way. It's, there has to be a better way that where we, we're not killing civilians and we're actually, I, I don't know, maybe we should train more people like the Navy SEALs to be more tactical. Yeah. They, you know, they, and try to protect people. They will do it when they find a building of Israeli hostages. They will, they'll do it. They'll try to kill the terrorists and preserve as many of the hostages as they can. Unless they already accidentally blew all of them up. But not whenever it's a Palestinian. Just not going to. I don't think that's right. Because it's somehow they're roped into the guilt. Because and, and they're not. like They lived on the wrong side of the dirt. They're, they're roped into the guilt because they elected Hamas back in 2006, but I don't know. I think it's fine to question elections. And even if they did vote for them, Hamas said that they were going to do a lot of things different from what they've actually been doing uh, over the years. And they haven't had an election since then. Maybe they would have voted a different way if they would have had elections every four years, but we haven't had any. So yeah. they haven't had any. So I don't know. And I, I mean, some that's, of y'all voted for Bush. That's exactly that's exactly over, what I was killed, about to say. Killed about a million civilians. We, not us, but Americans, have voted for more people that have killed millions more people than Hamas has. Does that mean that any of us deserve to die in any terrorist attack or whatever? And any country wants to start bombing us? Well, they voted for Obama. They voted for Bush. They voted for so whoever. Then, so then, by by proxy. You we support condone whatever our government did. Violence. And there's a real question. And that's ridiculous. Well, there's a real question, Charlie. Is it? We talked about this last week. We keep letting this go on. Charlie, our government murders hundreds of thousands of civilians around the world. What are we doing? We just walk around laughing like nothing's going on. Everything's fine. We're not cracking open that empty safe over there. Anytime. Because it's empty. Because <laughs> it's empty. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah they're killing some people all around the world. You know, what are you going to do? You know, at what point are you morally culpable in the actions? What can you do? We do the show because we do feel like it, but we want to talk about it and we want to grow a movement to stop them from doing that by in peaceful means. Are you calling you know? for the boog? No, no, I would never. Because safe is empty. I can't. I'd have to go over to Palestine to get some M4s. Yeah. I don't even know what the boog is. I've just I've never heard, heard of her. Everyone is so <laughs> everyone's so eager to get to this next topic. It's something that we talk about all well, first off, let me preface it with a few tweets. Are you ready? Yes. Here's one from Robert Reich. Is this today? Today's the sixteenth. How about that? He said, Here's the truth about tax cuts for the rich. They explode the federal debt, fuel giant profits at the biggest firms and financial institutions, stoke a surge in billionaire wealth, but do nothing for average working people. Nothing trickles down. See where we're going here, Charlie. Mm -hmm. That's why the poorest among us have Netflix, a car, (laughs) usually three square meals a day. I don't know why they're round. 
They're square. They're not they're round. Not round. I want yeah. mine to be round. Three square. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have homes. Most. Most people. Yeah. Statistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some of the poorest among us. The Washington Post. Here's a, an old article of theirs. You'll understand once we get there. The Washington Post says, analysis. Trickled down tax cuts made the rich richer, but are of no value to the overall economy, study finds. Which, by the way, trickle down is made up. It's a, it's a made up thing. Yeah. Ronald Reagan never even used the words, I don't think. We've talked about it before. It, it's an idea that comes from people who think that everything you have in life must be given to you by something else. And so when you cut taxes, like for people starting businesses, you're thinking in terms of how is someone going to give me something? And so they think, well, if they cut taxes, I guess that means someone's directly going to give me a higher wage. How do people get money? Well, it must be because you took an action up here and then that's how I get stuff. That's how they think about the economy in general. It's never about creation, you know, never about growing things. And, and it is a made up term from, uh, yeah, during the, during the eighties is when it was used. It's also, it's hard to quantify like how much richer we are. Like, cause I mean, if you think about, I don't know, let's say AT&T got a tax cut and therefore they were able to lay more internet lines back in the nineties or early two thousands or whatever, like, what is the cost benefit to mm-hmm. those people having access to the internet during that time period that AT&T was able to do because they got a tax cut? Yeah. There are. What, it's, it's impossible to quantify. Not impossible. We don't do a good job of quantifying those types of things. And that happens in all kinds of industries, by the way. You know, you know, it it's not get- just like. I, oh, I, I pay less taxes, therefore I can hire more workers. I can whatever. You can invest into the business. You can invest into new technology. You can mm-hmm. invest into new ways of doing things, which makes everyone richer. It actually does, in a way, I, I like to say it trickles out. It creates more opportunities. It doesn't trickle down, it trickles out. <laughs> you know? From you the middle out. It's hard to quantify <laughs> because it's not shown in our income statistics, but uh, when the Trump tax cuts went through, HCA, who my wife was working for, sent out the letter to all the employees and said, because of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we are going to be paying off all of your student loans. And so they didn't just give everyone a lump sum. They paid everyone monthly, you know, so you didn't just quit as soon as you got the money or anything. But because literally because of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, my wife from that point on didn't have to pay for any more of her student loans. HCA paid them off. And they said that they did that because of the money they saved in taxes. Why didn't she pay it forward? She probably did (laughs) because she didn't have more money to spend on other things. She said, we save more money, stuff like that. And then that created more opportunities for for other people in the economy. Hmm? Less trips to Target based on that? I feel like that would equate to more more trips. More, but I'd say there's more money left to save too. Target got to hire another person. You put money in the bank, they can lend that out to other people to get cars and houses and stuff like that. And then Target got to hire someone else specifically because she was going there more often. There's... So it did trickle out. There's no telling how many jobs my wife has created at Target. It's hard to quantify. At least a whole store. I bet. (laughs) Speaking of AT&T, at the same time, AT&T handed out a $1,000 bonus to all of their employees. A lot of people did bonuses. All of them. Specifically due to the tax cuts. Washington Post says, opinion, trickle-down economics is a nightmare. Kansas proved it. Okay, so now we talked about trickle-down, which leads us to the topic du jour of the day. And it is 
You're welcome, NFL fans. Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad Travis Kelsey put her on the map. No one knew who she was. Before Travis, you know, the two-time Super Bowl winning tight end. a great marketing ploy by her team to get herself attached to an NFL player. I know. That way people would, you'd see her name around and now out there. And so she's part of the of global stuff. NFL brand. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, who would have known? Seriously, though, do you think that they're like really together? Or is this just the most genius marketing plan that there's ever been? They look like they're getting. I've seen movies where it looked like people were can you know <laughs> i mean they are i'm just saying yeah nfl making some money off of this thing mm-hmm. right now you know it's crazy it's, well obviously taylor is too because her she a lot more too, viewers apparently now. i guess so yeah. <laughs> okay so this tweet and then the article that we will look at yeah she just had a movie come out just like uh tactical warlock said the movie came out over the weekend it was number one in the box office did 92 million dollars over the weekend it's the second biggest opening for a movie in october in history second to Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Just um, behind Barbie, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it didn't is, open in October. I know, but this is the <clears throat> new Barbie movie. Basically. <laughs> same same. This people. is the year of movies for women. It is. <laughs> Man, woman power right now. Barbie's a now Swifty. Um, Taylor, 92 million bucks, huh? $92 million. Man, it probably would only been like 50 had she not started mm-hmm. dating Kelsey. $92 million, by the way, roughly the amount of money that's spent... At every single Taylor Swift show on tickets and merch and hotels and food, it's about $92 million per show that gets spent. Jesus. Yeah. So. JC of LDS. From the Washington Post. We did something wrong in music. I know. I know. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is adding. Those are oddly placed stars. (sighs) Taylor Swift (laughs) is adding billions to the U.S. economy. Her record-shattering Eras, Eras? Eras. Eras tour. I didn't know if it was like some kind of Greek thing or whatever. No, her, she's like basically eras. going through her eras. Her record-shattering Eras tour is set to be the most lucrative concert run in American history. Also infusing the American economy with a trickle-down flow of cash. <laughs> so we have found the one thing that does trickle down into the American economy. Swift concerts. All right, coming up, we'll keep talking about Taylor Swift and her boost to the economy trickling down on Liberty Night. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
What's up? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. We've been talking about Taylor Swift. It seems we finally found something that does, in fact, trickle back down into the economy. It is the wealth generated by Taylor Swift (laughs) trickles down into the American economy. So now the Washington Post is fine. (laughs) Trickle down, trickle down. yeah. If it comes from Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So I want to look at this. Uh, this pretty is it cool just article. American history? Wouldn't this not be world? Like, is know, there a worldwide people, concert that's bigger than this? People in other countries, I mean, they go. You know, crowds in other countries are like you know, bigger than the U.S. You know, okay. Massive. Mm. I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't know. Tell you the truth. Okay, uh, the economy. Taylor's version. Uh, so we'll go through some of the money. I, f- I found this pretty interesting. Do do some lines here, Charlie. All right. Call it a gold rush. Taylor Swift is adding billions to the U.S. economy. Swift's record-shattering Eras Tour is set to be the most lucrative concert run in American history. But the massive production not only provided a jolt of money to sold-out stadiums, it also infused the American economy with a trickle-down flow of cash. That's the Washington Post's words, not mine. Back to the article. Now! As the show heads to movie theaters this weekend, millions more will experience and shell out cold hard cash for a moment with Swift. As she hits the silver screen, here's a look at the economy. Taylor's version, which is a play on mm. her re-recording all of mm. her songs. The biggest windfall is that I didn't catch that because I'd, I'm not up on all... I'm, she re- I'm not re- Swifty like you are. She re-recorded all of her <clears> songs <throat> so that even because Scooter Braun owns the masters mm. you know for all taking the, too much money mm-hmm. i guess so you. she re-recorded her own version mm-hmm. and released those i got you they Probably sound, made some money off of that they sound almost the same okay but slightly different same but still different mm-hmm. okay. the biggest windfall is headed straight to swift who stands to make as much as 4.1 billion dollars from the eras tour according to estimates from peter cohen an associate professor of management at babson college Okay, so if so we can the trust, <laughs> give or take a yeah. few billion, she's going to make. I mean, you can look at the you can they break down the prices of the tickets and and all that and what the the standard cut would be for the artists mm-hmm. and all that as they go through. Um, so she's adding billions to the U.S. economy. Now the not to get too much into the weeds here, but sure, sure, people are going out and spending a bunch of money. Okay, they're spending money that you know they have. They're going to spend it. Did you see some of these Taylor tickets Swift. that people are? And uh, oh yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, I mean the regular price tickets are expensive, yeah. but the resale that's like twelve, thirteen hundred bucks or more. Average resale. Yeah, on there, some people are paying ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Now to see this person on a state, you can't even touch her. Now, immediately when I see something like she's going to make $4.1 billion from the Eras Tour, this is wage theft. <laughs> this is greed. She's making at least How a can, thousand times more than, than the average what does the worker average on the Eras Tour. I saw that people at the stadiums were getting paid 20 bucks an hour to work at the stadiums on the tour. And you see how much money she's getting paid to do this tour? It's unfair. This is ridiculous. They should how go unfair on strike. this is. Hmm. 
Not really. She should make whatever amount of money she wants. The bigger problem is with why no one ever feels this way about artists or about athletes. Because they have no logical consistency. (laughs) That's why. It's whatever they feel. There's no... You actually... Nate actually went Facebook viral with this... It was our first viral post. With this comparison. Nate. It was was Good Morning Liberty. Well, but you created it, so I'll give you the... Well, I mean, that goes without saying. I'll give you the... I said it was Good Morning Liberty. I'll give you the creative credit. (laughs) Um, But it is true. For some reason, artists get a pass. Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor Swift and all your other, you know, athletes, they all get a pass. You know... Athletes like security or like people who like, what, what, what does their chef make, you think? I mean, I'm sure they're all making great money, but it's, yeah, it's but imagine nothing compared to what she's making if an hour. If you're LeBron James and let's say you pay your home chef, you know, $150,000 a year to be your personal in-home chef, chef mm-hmm. you know? That's inequality. What's, that's a huge wealth yeah. disparity. And LeBron James has to have food, so the chef is just as important as LeBron James is. Without the food, LeBron James would die. He'd be nothing. He'd be dead. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. The farmers who make the food, they all need to be getting paid the same. Exactly. Cheese. It's, but they can't make that correlate. It's only, it's only CEOs. Which it's is, only CEOs. Speaking of CEOs, you know, everyone... Is she not the CEO? Is Taylor Swift not the CEO of Taylor oh, Swift? She's CEO of being the queen of being the whatever the people are saying these days on TikTok. Yeah. She's the CEO of Queen. And- she's CEO of Swifton. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to talk <laughs> kids these days. I don't know how to do it. She's the CEO of concerts, <laughs> <laughs> all concerts. So, uh, by the way, you were talking about she's C- the CEQ. CEQ. There you go. Chief executive queen. The UAW strike and these uh, the CEO of the big three, um, the uh, big three auto manufacturers. If you take their CEO pay, which includes all their compensation from stocks and stuff like that on paper. Take all, right. all of their wealth. All of it. If you take all of their pay that everyone's mad about, they make three of them combined about $70 million a year. And like, this is shutting down the industries because people aren't getting paid enough. Those people make like 30, 40 bucks an hour. Some of them. Now you got people working at concert venues for 20 bucks an hour while CEQ's making 4.1 bill off the entire thing just for herself. Mm-hmm inequality which is it's fine inequality (laughs) all right and actually so logically consistent as nate is saying we exactly she should make that much Mm -hmm. she should make probably more i'd have got her 10 yeah Mm -hmm. if i was running the concerts she would would walk (laughs) walk away with 10 billion in her own pocket but you know, she's walking away with 4.1. It's not bad. It's not bad. After taxes, okay. she'll still have like $2 billion left okay. over. Be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. That's assuming the pop star ends up uh, ends up keeping the standard artist share of roughly 85% of her tour's revenue with average ticket prices of $456. Swift's earnings would be the most from a single tour for any musical act to date and more than the yearly economic output of 42 countries including Liberia, which has more than 5 million people. Why don't all these people going to see Taylor Swift just take all that money and just give it to Liberia? All of these Swifties are going to be tweeting this article celebrating the CEQ. You know, the chief executive (laughs) queen for being such a boss bitch. (laughs) And that's not my words. I'm not calling her. No, no, it's it's in the article. That's a term of endearment. (laughs) 
But the impact of the Eras Tour extends far beyond what Swift takes home. In one of the few efforts to assess spending by concert goers, software company Question, Question Pro quizzed about 600 Swifties who responded to an opt-in online survey based on their answers. So take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, average, and average concert attendance, the company estimates that Swift's fans spent about $93 million per show on tickets, but also merchandise, travel, hotels, food, and outfits. I know some people that are going to New Orleans to see Taylor Swift next October. Jeez. Yeah. Next October. That's planned. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive by then. Yeah. You know? Add all that up, and by the end of the U.S. tour, you've got a $5.7 billion boost to the country's economy. That's enough to give $440 to each person in Swift's home state of Pennsylvania. Or almost enough to send every American a twenty dollar bill. Why didn't she do that? I don't know. Why She's greedy. Every... That's why. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't all these people just give all their money and then they just divide it out amongst everyone in America? You know, mm. that would have been a way better idea for them to do. Mm. <laughs> it is crazy how they talk about this boost to the country's economy. They don't use the words trickle down anymore in this article, by the way. But that is what they're talking about. And what they mean is uh, by her going around and doing this thing that she does, there's people that are working at hotels and restaurants and and uh, at the concert venues. And then there's also people who make merchandise and people who have their own Etsy shops dedicated to selling stuff to Swift, Swifties? Swifties. Swifties? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a company called Swifties? She's, there has she's to be. the queen of the Swifties. Okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Queen. Not the sorrow uh, suckers. The, the Swifties. It's the Swifties. <laughs> the, mania, the mania began months before the March kickoff of the Eras Tour. Pre-sale tickets went on sale in November, sending millions of fans into a frenzy and causing Ticketmaster to crash. A class action, a class action lawsuit and a congressional inquiry followed. A congressional inquiry. <laughs> Congress investigated. It's very important. The t- Ticketmaster for the sale. On behalf of the Swifties. Of Taylor Swift tickets. They want to get on that Swifty money, man. Tickets, which started at $49, sold for many multiples of their face value on resale sites like SeatGeek. Hey, a ticket starting at $49? The average ticket resale price on SeatGeek was $1,611. The burst of spending has revived the entertainment industry after a years-long pandemic slump. Swift and her era's tour have redefined entertainment economics. That's the director of growth marketing at SeatGeek. The tour's economic boost spread far past the walls of Swift Stadium venues as fans traveled from near and far to any show they could get their hands on. The Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia even put the Swift effect in a report, saying concert goers provided a sizable boost to hotel revenue in May. They probably price gouged and raised their room rates up. But it was fine because they were getting to see Taylor Swift. Exactly. (laughs) Hotels, restaurants, and shops around the country felt the upswing with millions of dollars flowing into the 20 U.S. cities Swift visited this summer. (laughs) Now, hold on. Why isn't isn't a $1,600 ticket? I mean, someone went on there and bought it. They paid $1,600. That was the average resale price, wasn't it? Is that what that said? That's average. Average ticket resale price on Mm SeatGeek. Is that price gouging? It's got to be. It's see how it's crazy the differences when you're talking about people buying things or people producing things for people to take home versus people freely giving their money to go 
listen to a person sing on a stage and they clearly get it when it's taylor swift and yeah. everything's fine they're like oh yeah i really want that that person wants it and i want it and i'm going to pay more than them because there's a limited amount of things right here there's only one seat and so i'm going to pay sixteen hundred two thousand dollars whatever it is to go here that's fine because i want to pay for it and i really want this they're but not for gas and the thing is like <laughs> that exact same or argument, water <laughs> that not for like life, <laughs> not to live $1,600 for an MRI to find my cancer. <laughs> what? That you're going to cure <laughs> so I can live another day. No, I want to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch her through my phone. I want my phone out the entire freaking time. I'm not even actually going to. It's so like I everyone knows there. I'm there. Be on my Instagram stories. It's all about. <laughs> And that's the thing, like all the stuff that we talk about, it's all about what we value and it's all about whether or not we have envy or anger or hatred or whatever towards the person that's providing whatever the product or service it is. These Swifties, they see Taylor Swift as so important to them that they would go spend a few hours at a concert venue and they would spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to get that. And it and everything's fine. Everyone, they're, they're, they're bragging about it. Everyone's happy about it. She's stimulating the economy, you know. But to get an MRI, yeah. But to but to save your life, that's too much money. Too expensive to get a generator when there's no power. That's too expensive. Can't do it. And I should gouging. get that for free. That's mm-hmm. I'm owed that. <laughs> yeah, it is. And this is this is why it's so important. We talk about logical consistency because we can talk about this. And say, good for her. Great. Logically, consistently, this is awesome. And I hope more artists can look at someone like Taylor Swift and be like, I could do that one day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. That's my dream, to be bigger than Taylor Swift. Because before Taylor Swift, there was somebody that was bigger than that. I know. And Taylor Swift had a dream saying, I want to be the biggest female queen mm-hmm. artist there is out there. And she's accomplished that. Is it fair that Taylor Swift is getting paid so much more money than other female artists that are out there right now? Or other artists in general? There's lots of artists out there who don't even have a song on the radio. She has all of her songs on the radio. Think about what she is making, I mean, compared to a teacher. I think every teacher should be making $4.1 billion this season, you know, this school year. How is it that Taylor Swift gets that? And the answer is... So, I mean, people say some kind of ridiculous thing like that. Like, oh, we've got millionaires out there uh, playing on the field, playing sport. You know, teachers ought to be making that much money. Like, okay, well, guess what? No one's paying to watch teachers teach a class. You know, that's not, that's not what it is. That's not what's happening. They're paying to watch these people play sport or paying to watch Taylor Swift do this. But what about what Taylor Swift gets paid versus what's another female artist? I don't. Well, who's another I, one? Mm. Do it. Does do any more exist? Off the top of my head, I, I don't. Ashley McBride. Beyonce. There we go. Well, that's another pretty big one, actually. She probably makes close, but Taylor Swift makes more because she's white, you know. And so mm. we got a, probably a racist aspect yeah. going on right now. But why is it that they don't get paid the same? It's unfair. They both do a lot of work. They go up there. They go on the stage. Britney Does Spears? one of them sing harder than the other one? Look at all the work Britney Spears is putting in her home videos. You know, they're getting dangerous all of a sudden. She's got knives whipping around and stuff, you know? She's, she's putting it all on the line. And she's not making $4.1 <laughs> billion, you know? It's not fair. It's what, it's, 
It's what people value and people are freely choosing what they value more. You know, I was in a band that had a female lead singer. Are we up, we upset that we're not getting the same amount as you should be. Taylor, so I'm very <laughs> upset. Actually, I'm writing, I'm going to contact the manager of music about yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Anything mm. else important here? More money. If you want to know about more money. I don't know. We remember we covered a little bit of the Britney story. Did we? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Free maybe, Britney. Maybe the conservator was right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were like, oh, "This is for a good reason." Yeah, yeah. Turns out her dad was right. Yeah, still wrong. <laughs> I know. But I know. But maybe she does need something. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, in Los Angeles, where Swift performed six shows, six sold out six shows in a row. The California Center for Jobs and Economy predicted a three hundred and twenty million dollar boost to the county. The county Kansas city tourism organization visit uh, visit KC said the region got an estimated $48 million. Uh, Denver would add up to 140 million statewide. The era's tour was shot in the arm to a part of the regional economy. That's really been lagging. It brought some much needed dollars to the tourism industry. And and the, the part that was lagging was getting people to turn over their money for a, not actually receiving any physical product in return. Like you just, it's really tough with other businesses. I mean, listen, I used to play music. So did Charlie. I'm not really dogging on the idea of paying for music. I wish people would, would have paid me more seriously, but I mean, cause then I wouldn't be think about like you're, this part of the economy is getting people to turn over their money. And like, you don't actually give them something to take in return. It's just an experience. Well, unless you're buying like a t-shirt or something. Well, yeah, those things. And that's the part that they have, helped with a uh, there's they got stories in here of people uh 208 million dollars estimated additional hotel room revenue also remember during the pandemic everything was shut down mm-hmm. like, forcefully like you couldn't go to a hotel probably if you wanted to they got people who make bracelets this person with her mom made fifteen thousand dollars this year selling bracelets okay that's great i i love all of that stuff What's what's also a great boost to people's economy is when someone goes in and starts a business and they create stuff that other people need, you know, and they give people jobs and they and they work and they they build those things in the economy. People come in and build homes, but those people are and their kids go to school here. But those people, and those kids join up and play baseball or whatever. They're yeah. spending money. They're demonized for doing what they do. You know, you're not going to get this article about Jeff Bezos. Maybe you will. It's the Washington Post. Providing products and services that actually like help your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, these and people maybe, get these people, you know, they get a boost in their life. And maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe experiencing Taylor live actually motivates you to create the best life possible. I don't know. Or just that experience. I haven't like been, going on a vacation. I haven't been know? to that experience. <laughs> I don't know what it's like. I haven't. Although either. I can tell you when I was younger, I had a, I had a big crush on Taylor. Did you? I did. Or like when you were 34? I imagined <laughs> I imagined she she probably wrote the song Wildest Dreams <clears throat> about me. You know, actually I think it was about Travis Kelsey, but Yeah. I think it was about I thought me. it was about Jake so- Jake Jonehall. Yeah. No, I I like to think it's about me. I I <laughs> you know uh Lacey waited on Taylor Swift one time at a, Was it on her or was she there? She was there with her dad. Close proximity. No, she actually waited on her with oh, her Oh, like dad. she took her order? Yeah. What'd she order? Oh, I don't know. We should find that out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd anyway, probably be worth some money. She said like, that they were really nice. Yeah. 
So, Do you know if she had that piece of paper of taking Taylor Swift's order back then? <laughs> that'd probably be worth some money. Oh, I'm sure I can go find that at home for exactly. sure. The time that she wrote down Taylor Swift's order. Mm. I'll find that for sure. Yeah. Okay, anyway, the basic idea here is... Um, Taylor Swift is hot. <laughs> that's, that's what we've arrived at today. <laughs> no, these are Clearly, just, she made, is making $4.1 billion. I mean... It's not. A, it's apparently not unfair for her to go and make $4 billion from this concert tour. And it's not. She's the one who's generating all of that value. People are going there to see her. You know, that's the argument that people will make for artists and for athletes and all that. But also, there's a lot of businesses that wouldn't exist if someone wouldn't have put up the money and the capital and they wouldn't have had the ideas to start it. They wouldn't have revolu- revolutionized an industry like Bezos did or like Elon Musk did or something like that. But you end up hating those people, even though there are de facto thousands of people working for Taylor Swift who are much more unequal compared to what she's making from these concerts than there are people who are working for Bezos or Musk that are unequal to what they're getting paid. But let's bring it back to tax cuts real quick. Let's wrap Mm -hmm. this all the way now. Trickle, let's trickle it back down to this idea. You have to remember that for whatever evil Scooter Braun did, Scooter Braun took a chance on Taylor. Scooter Braun? He's the one who basically put Taylor Swift on the map okay. when she was younger. Big Machine? <clears throat> yeah, that's okay. Scooter Braun, isn't okay. it? Isn't, do oh, I, I have that know. right? I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, no he took a chance on her when she was 16. Mm-hmm. I think she did her first record deal when she was 16. Now, she had a publishing deal from Sony when she was like 14 as a songwriter, but I'm pretty sure it was Scooter Braun from Big Machine took a chance on her. Hit it big. Obviously, Big Machine became big. Mm-hmm. They became a big and machine, a machine. And, and a machine after that. Anyway... Ima- okay, let's imagine that Scooter Braun had some money. I think he did. Obviously, he started a record label. And then, but let's say taxes were like 60, 70%. And he was like, ah, oh, I can only sign like, you know, two artists right now. And mm-hmm. imagine he didn't sign Taylor Swift back then. Yeah. Now, look at all of the stuff that Taylor Swift has created since then. Now, I'm not saying that she wouldn't have made it without him. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. But. Imagine Taylor Swift needed some capital when she first started to get some records recorded, some songs recorded to kind of jumpstart her career to what it is today. And imagine that never took place because taxes were too high. (laughs) I'm serious. I know it's true. And that's the world like you're that's wraps it all the way back to the beginning. You're going like Atlas Shrugged right now or something. Yes. You know? Like imagine the, that world. So it's all you un- Swifties should be thankful. Imagine all the artists that didn't get signed because there were still taxes or there were still things that people couldn't pay for. We are probably missing out on the biggest artist who ever was mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're still writing songs in their basement and never got there. Mm. How about that? Yeah. That's sad. I'm sitting across from one <laughs> who never got yeah. that chance. Because taxes were too high. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually what happened. Yeah. We got that last tax bill. And yeah. we were like, guys, we got to hang it up. We got to mm-hmm. hang up our guitars and go back to paying taxes. And now he comes <laughs> over to my house and he plays my guitar. And, <clears throat> you know, he could be one of the biggest artists in the world. We do need to go back to explaining how all the regulations raise prices in health. We haven't done a good healthcare episode in a long time, and that used to be our bread and butter. Still is. People need to know. Mm-hmm. But we, I think we talked about healthcare so much for like the first two yeah. years that we were a podcast that we we're like, okay. This is your first time living, living. It's everyone's first time living that we know of. Mm-hmm. If this is your first time living and listening to Good Morning Liberty. Thanks that, that we're done after this. So. <laughs> but there's over a thousand episodes. Because we have to pay taxes. Yeah, there's over a thousand <laughs> episodes that you can go listen to. Then just, you know, search healthcare. 
Yeah, 1,091 episodes, 1,092 after today to be exact. And you can always find the videos from our shows because we do record these shows live with our live group called the Fed Haters Club. You can go and find those videos on YouTube or Rumble or Odyssey. Just search Good Morning Liberty. And of course, you can find our episodes every single day of the week when we want to on your favorite podcast app. And you can listen to tonight's episode on the Free Talk Live podcast channel on your favorite podcast app. Coming up, we're going to talk inflation and Dumb Bleep of the Week. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network, coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. In this hour, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and they've implemented really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering the Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Well, here we are back at Liberty at Night, Tuesday nights, the second hour of the program tonight. And of course, everyone out there is talking about Israel and Hamas. We talked about it a little bit in the first hour tonight. And we are libertarians, just a preface. So we're very anti-war. Doesn't mean that we're just strictly anti-Israel or anything like that. We just don't like death. We don't like needless death. And we especially don't like the death of innocent civilians. And we know our government has uh, been involved in quite a few wars in our lifetimes and before. And a lot of civilians have what we believe needlessly died. Doesn't mean we don't support the troops. By the way, we support the troops. We love the troops. We love them so much. We don't want them to go die for absolutely no reason. We especially after not liking death, do not like the waste of our money, the money that is forcefully taken from your paychecks against your will. You've got little to no say-so in the matter. They take it. They spend it on these wars. They spend it on these programs a lot of us don't even agree with. They waste our money. They basically set it on fire, and we get almost nothing in return. 
That being said, economics is the most important thing to us. We have a podcast called Good Morning Liberty, and we talk about a lot of economic issues and the war and culture and stuff like that, but mainly economics because economics is the driver of many of the atrocities that we've seen throughout human history. Charlie's been a little bit negative lately about the podcast, but it's not going his way, right? We've got like 1,600 new listeners since the early last week and I hate when them. you started being super negative about it. And I hate things. every single so. one of them. <laughs> yeah, I hope they only listen to one episode and then cancel. It's a great idea. It's a really great business Don't plan. Don't hit that subscribe button, actually. Because you right. can't handle the truth. There you go. Don't and that's do why it's not because it's not because I don't want people to listen. It's just I don't want people to listen who can't handle the truth. That's and true. that's most people. Pretty much everyone who can't handle the truth is not listening to this show because this show is the truth. Is truth. Yeah. There we go. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And so truth. I'm going to ask you to smash that follow button and to tell a friend and tell a family member. I'm going to tell you not to do it. And to go to joingmail.com so you can hang out with the Fed Haters Club who's hanging out with us right now. It's only six bucks a month because I'm too lazy to change the price, even though prices keep going up. You know, we're not staying consistent with inflation yeah, around here. Our suppliers, they raise their prices. Everything's going up, <laughs> you know, just not us. Our, yeah. our uh, information suppliers have raised their prices. Speaking of prices being, you know, we got quite a few things and it's not all about war. And I thought it'd be nice to lead out with something that wasn't about Israel and Palestine mm. going on. I thought that'd be pretty cool. So, well, you it, might be the only one. Every, everyone everyone is still talking about that thing. Yeah. But I, there was some other news today and that had to do with inflation. The inflation was still 3.7% year over year. That was the new number that came out this morning. Uh, that's lower than the 9.1 that we had, you know, middle of last year. And so I guess inflation is down, which obviously means prices are going down, yeah. Charlie, right? No. If, I, if I follow people on the left, I think that's what it means. No, that's not true. So I, I put out a post. Um, I said if I were running a Republican campaign, this is the chart I'd be showing. And I put uh, the Trump years on the left slightly highlighted in red and the Biden years on the right slightly highlighted in blue. And what you see here, now this is no, this is no shill for Trump. You know, he, he was not good enough to get either one of our votes either time that he ran. Uh, but Biden has been pretty bad, or at least he has presided over some pretty bad inflation so far. During the Trump years, you had 7.72% inflation overall during that time and so far during the biden the three biden years we've had 17.68 percent inflation since that started and then the the really important number is that during those two times put together we've had 26.75 percent inflation in consumer prices that's not good and to be fair to biden even though he's horrible yeah to be fair, the CARES Act mm-hmm. is a large portion of why we it saw is. inflation rise a lot in it 2021. Is. And then the Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act uh, was bad, and then the American Rescue Plan was bad. It just poured a bunch of gas on the fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, we Kerosene, keep, probably. You know, you keep, you, you see prices we were out of gas. keep going up, and it's there's so much money out there in the economy. I was thinking the other day. You know how we talk about how many people lost their jobs during the pandemic. And I think it, I think the unemployment rate went up to like 14% or something. I don't remember the exact amount of millions of people that lost their jobs. That's a lot. But you know what's also really important is most people didn't lose their jobs. 
during the pandemic. Millions of people did not, but millions of them still got STEMI checks, even when they didn't lose their jobs and they were making money and they had nowhere to spend the money except for like on groceries and stuff because so many things were closed. And so when you ask yourself, like, how are we still able to keep increasing prices on things and people can still handle it? How is it that housing is still going up and travel's going up and all that stuff? There is a lot of extra money floating around out there in the economy. It's not just about the people who lost their jobs and needed unemployment or needed the STEMI checks. It's all the people who didn't lose their jobs, which is most people, and kept making the amount of money that they were or similar to that and had nowhere to spend that money and still got STEMI checks on top of that. Like me, I still, I never spent, never spent the money I got during the pandemic. Still didn't. And, but it has led me into a place in my life where all of a sudden I've decided I can just buy whatever I want. Just like any time. Lacey's like, Hey, you want to go to Peru? Yeah, sure. We'll go to Peru. That's fine. We got a nice cushion. We're, we're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And so we're more willing to pay for things and we're You're willing, living high on the hog. I'm living high on everyone else's hog. And ev- yeah. Mm-hmm. While America is suffering. I'm, I know. And it, yeah. I feel terrible about it. <laughs> I feel so bad right now. Okay. Yeah. So that's well, as, what, as a live group is saying, uh, Stone Cold and Costco, uh, we can go back, let's say Bush. Bush was bad. Obama, worse. Trump, worse. Biden, worstest. And that only well, leads me to believe. Bad, worst, worster. Yeah. We're now at the worstest. Do you think Trump was worse than Bush? Uh, Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about just as far as money Spending. added to the debt? Mm-hmm. Or, okay, yeah. that kind of thing. I I mean, there was definitely more money spent for sure. And also yeah. Trump wasn't, I mean, he was talking about Trump never, even on the campaign, he would, he didn't talk about conservative values. Oh, he no. was just talking about He's, making better deals. How would he? He's not a conservative. Right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like Bush was like, Oh, I'm a conservative. Yeah. But I'll add 10 trillion to the debt and spend way more money than we've ever spent since ever there's like as as libertarians who will sometimes talk about how trump wasn't that bad one thing we'll say is that he didn't start any new wars and he was trying to get us out of afghanistan i don't think that's because he's some type of libertarian when it comes to war i think he saw it as a waste of money and wanted to stop spending the money on those things and uh and so maybe you know like you were saying it's not really conservative values just good deal making maybe that was good anyhow um what you just laid out, it sounds like the next president, no matter what, is going to be worse. Well, we I have worster or mm-hmm. worstest currently. Yeah. Is most worstest going to be the next one? <sighs> Maybe. We'll see. You can only go down from here, I guess, right? We'll be here to talk about it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't really know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little help. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past, and honestly, it helped me quite a bit. I've told you guys that. And our co-host, Charlie, still using BetterHelp. He loves it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. I wanted to make fun of something because it's not we're not going to have room for it in Dumb Bleep of the Week tomorrow because there's so many dumb things going on. 
And so I thought it'd be a nice time, since we're talking economics, to make fun of Robert Reich the third for a second. And uh, this is one of those things that sounds that people say that 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 make you that elicits a specific emotion from you. But if you think about it for like two seconds, it means like literally nothing. And I get really upset when people like him who portray himself as a really smart person who cares about people and is telling them the truth and all the time he's fighting fascism and doing all that. And so since we won't have time for it tomorrow, I thought it'd be cool to do this. I just wanted to not talk about the war so much right now. Okay. You know, it's fine by me. Robert Reich said, teachers earned 73 cents for every dollar that other professionals made in 2022. Hmm. You should start paying teachers to do your job, Charlie. You'd save money. I would. You know? <laughs> About 27%. This is far less than the 93 cents on the dollar they made in 1996. Once again, is there a teacher shortage or a shortage of jobs that treat educators with the dignity and pay they deserve? Now, who do teachers work for? Well, they work for the government. <laughs> and so they just need... What we need to do is spend more money on education. Yeah. We've severely cut the education budgets I've used as you've seen our kids have been hardly underfunded anything. yeah yeah the uh, the other thing is there's so, education insecurity so when you say 73 cents on the dollar for other professionals versus 93 cents on the dollar for other professionals in 1996 do you also think that there might be a lot of new jobs that professionals are working that are high paying jobs than there were in 1996 right now i don't know maybe having to do with computers how many software engineers (laughs) were there in 1996 there were some there were some but it's not quite as big of a uh, market as it is right now it wasn't as big of a market as it is right now and so what this is just when you see things like this you have to think about it for two seconds what happened was an entirely new economy developed and the value of a lot of those uh, information technology, any any stuff like that, software engineers, anything like that, it went up while the value of teaching, I guess, they Oh, you're the talking same. about the internet. The internet, yes. Not, yeah. And so a lot of people started making money at these high-paying jobs. And so then, when you're comparing teachers to professionals, which is a category... You have a lot of new people that came into the market that are working in high paying jobs and are able to increase their pay. And now you compare teachers to them again, and it looks like the pay of teachers has gone down somehow compared to the mm. the pay of professionals. But you're not taking into account the fact that there's entirely new groups of professionals that didn't exist at that time. I mean, I got to tell you, so I grew up in the 90s, right? As a kid, professional. An internet professional was never on my list of things I never wanted heard to be. About it. I didn't want to be a YouTube influencer when I was in grade school. In fact, I remember when we got the internet at school. Yeah. You know, when we first got the computer lab that wasn't connected to the internet. No, you just played like uh, we had Ozark we had, Trail on there or something. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> on the uh, Apple. The Oregon Trail. You, Oregon Trail. Ozark. Ozark. I'm Oregon. Like, uh, yeah, we played that. You know, it was just like a black and green screen and you, three and you, a half inch floppy no discs. no you put in a five inch floppy on that i can't remember the exact size half. the big floppy it's four and you, a half you put it in you push the thing down yeah. afterwards so mm-hmm. it doesn't come popping back out at you i guess <laughs> you have to wait for it to click <laughs> yeah so anyway and then i remember i think i was in seventh maybe seventh or eighth grade when the internet came about yeah and uh yeah netscape well, Al Gore had invented it way before that. We just, it wasn't in wide use yet at that time. 
but yeah, I was pretty young. I remember talking to my friends on MSN Messenger. You know, that was the cool thing mm-hmm. to do. I didn't have any friends on there, but I was trying to get some. <laughs> yeah. You know, still looking for friends on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We mentioned this. Do you little, remember your MSN Messenger name? Oh, I changed it all the time. Different song lyrics oh. and quotes from movies and stuff like that. Whatever the cool kids were doing those days. Yeah. But I was never first to act. I was always copying the cool kids. Did you have eight people to make your top eight in MySpace? Oh, sure. Yeah. I was okay. friends with all sorts of people all over the world. Mm. You know, didn't know them, but yeah. we were good friends for okay. sure. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Well, George Santos has been accused of uh, some more crimes in a new superseding indictment and some pretty crazy things, actually. Uh, like stealing people's credit card information and running up tabs, you know, putting, you want to read some of this article from the Washington Post, Charlie? Yes. It's the second article down in the notes. Gotcha. All right. Santos accused of stealing identities, unauthorized credit card use. A superseding indictment made public Tuesday charges George Santos with stealing the identities of family members and using donors' credit cards to spend thousands of dollars. He's 35. I'm 35. How about that? Faces 10 additional charges, according to the indictment. One count of conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States. Two counts of wire fraud. Two counts of making materially false statements to the Federal Election Commission. Two counts of falsifying records submitted to obstruct the Federal Election Commission. Two counts of aggravated identity theft. And one count of access device fraud. Mm. Mm. He must have found where Hillary's emails were. I think that's what it was. Yeah. The new charges were filed just days after Nancy Marks, the treasurer for the Santos campaign, pleaded guilty to fraud conspiracy and implicated Santos in a scheme to embellish his campaign finance reports with a fake loan and fake donors. Santos, who is expected to appear in federal court on the additional charges on October 27th, told reporters at the U.S. Capitol Tuesday evening that he does not intend to resign his seat in Congress. In May, Santos was charged with 13 counts related to allegedly defrauding his donors, using their money for his personal benefit, and wrongfully claiming unemployment benefits. Dude was claiming unemployment. He's, is this? It's so ridiculous. This whole story is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like he lied about everything. He's defrauding his donors. They're making up money that's coming in. It sounds like he's friends with Hunter Biden. It's so wild. The charges included seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, and two counts of making materially false statements and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) (laughs) He pleaded not guilty and called the investigation a witch hunt (laughs) at the same time. Of course, it's a witch hunt. Russian propaganda. Santos falsely inflated the campaign's reported receipts with non-existent loans and contributions that were either fabricated or stolen, says the U.S. attorney, Brian Peace. This office will relentlessly pursue criminal charges against anyone who uses the electoral process as an opportunity to defraud the public and our government institutions. Okay, we don't have to go through the whole thing, the specific charges and stuff that happened, but um, it, there is a weird thing. And what I've been wondering is why people are not out there, Republicans specifically, not out there calling for him to resign. I think his, some are. His seat, maybe some. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's more important right now. They need his vote for the Speaker of the House to go through first. Gotcha. Um, even though they didn't do anything after the last one happened either. Um 
I will also say uh, the other thing with this is that I know that he's getting caught on all these things and they're all really crazy. I don't see him as any worse than basically anyone else that's in the House of Representatives. He's just more of an idiot about all the ways that he's gone about stealing people's money and committing fraud. But pretty much all of these people I see as fraudsters and I, I, I don't see him as any worse. I just see him as dumber. The Salon article, which is... <laughs> Another thing that could have been in dumb, it could have been in dumb bleep. It probably should, but I thought while we're talking about this and we lead into a little bit of Hamas and Israel conversation and talking about the GOP, we have Salon likening the GOP as, uh, geo, as terrorist groups, just like Hamas with an article entitled Hamas and the GOP are both terrorist groups. It's just a matter of degree. I don't think that it's that close. (laughs) (laughs) honestly but let's find out i don't think it's the same thing but here we go from salon at a funeral for a dear friend on wednesday his widow approached me and said she didn't know who she was anymore she said she used she was used to being a couple and now she was not we shared tears and afterward i thought about what she'd said and realized i heard the exact sentiment expressed in nearly the same fashion (laughs) only from members of congress talking about politics it made me shiver a woman who lost her husband yes Reminded you, Jesus, it made me shiver to realize the possible implications of this analogy I was making in my head. Shiver me timbers. Consider the facts, Charlie. The attack on Israel by Hamas led to I can't get over it. Hang on a second. (laughs) At a funeral for a dear friend, Mm -hmm. his widow approached me and said she didn't know who she was anymore. She was used to being a couple, and now she was not. We shared tears. And later that day, this person thought about... How this is just like Congress. The exact sentiment (laughs) expressed in tears about losing (laughs) your life partner. Reminded this person, members of Congress, talking about politics. The attack on Israel by Hamas led to a rare public appearance in the Rose Garden where Joe Biden ticked off a list of Hamas atrocities, including slaughtering innocent civilians at a left-leaning kibbutz and at a now infamous overnight rave. Entire family An editor read that Mm -hmm. and was like, that's fine. That's just like GOP. Put that in there. It's just like Republicans. Babies killed, young people massacred while attending a music festival to celebrate peace. The atrocities included rape, assault, and parading human hostages as trophies. Sure, show me a country free of the atrocities the president outlined. That doesn't mean he wasn't right about Hamas and that he wasn't right to call it out. And he's absolutely right to want to do something about it. He vowed that the U.S. will stand by Israel. Biden's reaction was far better than those of certain toddlers in the GOP who immediately, without attribution or any facts to back it up, found ways to link Biden to the actions of Hamas. Now, some of what I've seen, this is me talking, not the article, some of what I've seen has gone like a, a little bit too far. I think it's too far to immediately say that this is Biden's fault. I guess as a libertarian, I like to think that um, we don't have to include ourselves in every other country's strife that they're going through and say that it was Joe Biden's fault, but whatever. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking more about this Salon article that's calling the GOP the same as Hamas, basically. Kind of ridiculous, I think. And then, of course, it's everyone's favorite se- segment of the week. It's Dumb Leap of the Week. We're going to vote on who said the dumbest thing on Liberty at Night. 
Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. And we're back, Liberty at Night, with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. We've been going through the Salon article, the GOP and Hamas, same, same, but different. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina posted on X that Biden's weakness invited the attack on Israel. He claimed that Biden told Israel to stand down after the attack, which is an absolute lie, and called the president complicit in the attack. Steve Scalise. House Majority Leader and the leading candidate to become Speaker of the House said the Biden administration must be held accountable for its appeasement of these Hamas terrorists, including handing over billions of dollars to them and their Iranian backers. That claim is also a lie on multiple levels. That's not exactly a lie. Mm. I mean, they did just they did just hand over six billion dollars. But as we said, Iran, not to the terrorists, yeah, to Iran. Now, Iran funds Hamas. We know that they do that. Hezbollah, and then also. As we said, and I know that this is an annoying, nuanced point as a libertarian, that was Iran's money. And I don't really know what right the U.S. government has to do with uh, what kind of right we have in saying that they can't have their own freaking money. I mean, I don't think they can do it to me, and I don't definitely don't think they can do it to other countries around the country. Countries around the world, not around yeah. the country, is what I meant to say. That's where the president went sideways. His resolve is clear, but the resolve of Congress is another matter. In the House, at any rate, Republicans are too busy fighting over who will rule over the rubble. While the fight for the Speaker's gavel continues to play out, in all its splendor, the GOP, which has repeatedly shown that it cannot govern, is busy blaming Democrats in general, and Biden specifically, for all manner of ills affecting the planet, including but not limited to Hamas, the war in Ukraine, climate change, the GOP's failure to govern, COVID-19, Chinese saber-rattling, and gingivitis. I don't know. I guess that maybe that was a joke. I'm not sure. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of gaslighting happening right now in this article, but I can't exactly pinpoint it yet. Instead of even trying to govern, they squabble amongst themselves like a school of cannibalistic piranhas. Instead of proposing solutions, they merely try to shift blame. Ah, oh, there's the gaslighting coming right now. I can feel it. Mm. Feel warm. Mm-hmm. The war- do you feel the warmth I from do. the gas right mm-hmm. now? These actions and leave- the lighting. <laughs> in the light. There's a bright light that lit up a room. Mm-hmm. And uh, these actions leave many Americans feeling. Here we made the connection. Sorry, it took so long to make mm. the connection. These actions leave many Americans feeling like widows to democracy. You see, we used to be married to this thing called democracy, but it died. Yeah. Thanks to the Republicans. And democracy means that if you disagree with the other side, they're not allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 
Now we do not know who we are, just like that widow who lost her husband. And we have to settle for hatred and petty squabbles while the world seems to burn around us. More than one member of Congress on both sides of the aisle has wondered how their political opponents can completely ignore the facts. We're supposed to be in this thing together. More than one has lamented. They just keep saying more than one, not naming the Congress people. Everyone has a problem with facts from time to time, especially if the facts conflict with their own preconceived notions of truth. Hmm. What is gaslighting? That's what's, a, that's mm. what's going Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's actually true about both sides, by the way. Yeah. It's just only recognized by one side at a time about the other. There's never any introspection about the things well, that Well, the you way do, that this person you know. is framing it <clears throat> is that the Democrats are good at this. Mm, mm-hmm. It's the other side. Now, she'll say, like, okay, both sides of the aisle struggle with this, but Republicans are way worse. Let's see. Unfortunately, the world is run by older men well, who... She, in- sorry, she says that right here. The <clears throat> best of us learn from our mistakes, or at least try to do so. Very few of these people are Republican office holders. So... Mm. Uh, unfortunately, the world is run by older men who would not abandon their own peace, but are eager to urge younger men and women to do so. Kind of true. They are terrorists like the leaders of Hamas. They are despots like Vladimir Putin. They are men like Donald Trump, who has never gone without a meal or lacked the social lubricant of money his entire life. Trump and many other politicians in this country are not so different from the craziest leaders in many foreign nations. They preach division. They preach hate. They teach fear. Of course, it's only Republicans that preach division and hate mm-hmm. and, and fear, as, as you know. Scalise and Scott are part of the GOP that ruthlessly and relentlessly demonizes political opponents. We're in an article about how the Republicans are terrorists, just like Hamas. Yeah. Um, Scalise and Scott are people who ruthlessly and relentlessly demonize their political mm-hmm. opponents, just yeah. so you know. From someone who probably supported the Russian propaganda <laughs> against Donald Trump. Mm, yeah, I'm sure. Probably still so believe it. The dude spent his entire presidency fighting a lie. Let's see. United we stand, not so much with those two and other leading Republicans, but facts matter little to them, only power. There is little difference between Scott, Scalise, and Hamas. Same, same. Further, there is little or no difference between most of the GOP leadership, including Jim Jordan and Donald Trump, and the leaders of Hamas. Both groups will do anything they can to win. Both groups have engaged in atrocities. Both groups continue to lie. Both groups use human beings as hostages. Both groups are extremely dangerous. Both groups threaten the world's internal and external peace. The fact is, many Americans viscerally understand this. Donald Trump and his followers are terrorists. That's exactly why the majority of Americans cringe when they hear anything about D.C. politics. They fear the cancer is spreading. No, they actually, they cringe because of people like you, (laughs) actually. When they read articles from you, that's when they cringe. I mean, who is, you got to think about someone using a terrible, awful, disgusting, depressing tragedy that happened on the other side of the world where now it's it's 1,300 Israelis that they had, that were killed, 25 Americans, women and children, elderly, all this stuff. Uh, to that demonize a group of people. Yeah. And then talk about how those people are the ones demonizing yeah. your people. You're using this to demonize your political opponents in an article that talks about those political opponents are people who demonize people and tear them apart. Yeah. 
Make it make sense. Must we say anything else? Make it make sense. I don't think we should. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a little update. I think she is a she. Um, Probably I didn't a she. I don't. It definitely sounds like something a woman would write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We've all been there before. I know I'm there all the time where I'm trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, my brain just keeps racing. My thoughts just keep racing. And it turns out like two hours later, I'm just sitting there thinking about stuff that I shouldn't even be worried about. Maybe it's time to work out. And you, you're excited, but then all those negative thoughts creep in. You know, you know what you should do. You know what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Now, I've done therapy before in the past, it was very instrumental in my life and who I am today. Charlie has used BetterHelp also in the past. He loved it. Very easy, very simple, and very helpful as well. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash gml today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash g-m-l uh, anthony blinken says 25 americans are dead and gaza hospitals are running out of supplies so just a little update on how this war is going on right now uh like i said i think it's around 1300 israelis is the death toll right now and by the way also 1300 palestinians now in the response so far so we should end it there as far as an eye for an eye goes, that seems pretty I th- even. I think it's kind of even right now. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is going to be that they're going to go in there and they're going to get all the terrorists. And I understand that and I get it. And I think every single one of these Hamas terrorists deserves to die a traitor's death. Okay. Just the, just the worst thing possible. I, I honestly do. Like, but we have a, a pretty good example of going in and trying to get I terrorists. Know. Like that's, spent 20 years. That's the thing. Can you do it? Yeah. And the, I, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But my fear is that every time they go through here and they kill one of these civilians that have, that's a a poor person who lives in a poor city and has no way really to leave because geez, they're even bombing the, they're, they told people to go to Egypt and they're, they're, they're bombing the pathway to Egypt. They told people to go out through the ocean. They're, they're bombing the beaches. And so people don't know where to go. And you, you just look at pictures of this. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do anything as, as Israel. And like I was saying before the show yesterday, the Fed Haters Club heard us talking about this, joingmail.com. Um, my, my problem is, is that when I see a dead Israeli child and then I see a dead Palestinian child, I feel the same about those two things. It's not about why it happened. It's not about Israel needing to defend itself. It's it's not about even the way in which they were killed. It's a dead child who had nothing to do with anything that <coughs> that these people are doing. And so as far as caring about the dead child goes, um I I care about those the same because it's it's a dead kid, you know? And when I see pictures of the rubble in Gaza, what I imagine is how in the world are these people not going to want to join Hamas? 
later in the future. The retaliate. You know, to retaliate. Against the retaliation. And that's the thing. We have so, we've talked about this as it relates to all the other wars. They're all retaliations for retaliations. It's not that you shouldn't retaliate for what happened in Israel. My, My fear, and I'm not even saying there's a way around it. But my fear is that there's going to be more Hamas terrorists after this happens. They're going to be more emboldened to do bad things to Israel. And things are just going to get worse. And I don't know a way around it. I really don't. I mean, you want to, they're going to want to go in there and kill the people who did this. We want to do the same thing, you know. But darn it, if I just wish there were a way to do this without killing a bunch of innocent people. If someone dropped a bomb on my son, yeah. Yeah, you probably level a whole block. I, I would, or a lot more blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, because yeah, you know when when someone hurts your loved ones, you don't see clearly mm-hmm. for a long time. And you got to be a you know when you're running the country, you got to be the strong man who's going to take care of this and keep people safe. You know because people care the most about their safety. It's one of your jobs, uh, I guess. So once again, I'm not trying to demonize Israel or. Anyone else out there? It just sucks. The whole the whole thing just sucks. And I get that this is Hamas's fault right now, currently, that, that these bombs are dropping and this is happening. But I don't know if these people are going to uh, care so much as they care about their loved ones who were killed, who never did anything wrong, and they're going to be mad mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. You know? So uh, we'll see if this time is different. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, okay, let's move on to some other things outside of the war. You got anything else on the war? You good? Uh, I think, yeah, I'm good on it. I, yeah. Mm. Magoo says they, uh, they just need to fight it out because that's what's going to happen anyway. I just wish the rest of the world isn't being led to feel like they need to be involved. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I can see that. I can say, I can see like, okay, like we need to continue this war until one side gives up. Well, let's say the aggressor, but who is that really? I try to think, I always try to like take these ideas down, you know, like let's say Nate and I were at war, you know, with mm-hmm. each other. Um, we're both capable of killing each other probably. And so we know that going into it, let's say it starts as an argument and then, you know, Nate says something stupid like he always does. And then, you know, I respond with something stupid back and then eventually we get to fisticuffs, you know, mm-hmm. and then eventually one of us is going to be like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's not kill each other here, you know? And, and then like, okay, well, so do we need to fight it out until it gets to that point where one group is finally like, okay, well, you know, I think that's you've just, got the bigger bombs and you win. I think that's the way it's going to go. And I think, it, listen, I, the truth is they've been dancing around this for 75 years now. Um, Israel carved out land that was already settled by a bunch of people or the UN carved out land that was already settled by a bunch of people. And right now you have to, you have to accept that for their, for one to see, to think that the Palestinian people have nothing to be mad about. Um, And then you have to, you have to accept that as a Palestinian to further the be no more fighting. And I don't know if that's ever going to be accepted. And so I think what's going to have to happen, and I'm not saying I want it to happen. What's going to have to happen is what happens in all colonization 
in history. The original people that were there are they're they're going to have to be gone. That's that for it to stop. I'm not even recommending that, that happens. But listen, we live in a country where it was already settled. You know, before this was a country, it was settled by people. Yeah, and we have accepted the fact. Like, I don't want to give my land to a Native American. I've accepted the fact that yeah, people came, took your land. They were stronger than you. And now I'm here. I'm happy about being here. I'm not going to give you my land back. I'm sorry. You just hate, not going to. You hate reparations that much. Huh? <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's a difficult conversation because you have to accept it. And you have to admit that you've accepted that. We've accepted that here. Mm-hmm. For us to be here right now, we've accepted it. And what takes is a, what it took was a total annihilation of any fight back against it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but that's how it stopped. You know, that's why we're not sitting here worried about bows and arrows. Arrows mainly. I don't care if someone throws a bow at the house. They probably have guns now. It's just more fun to say bows and arrows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Spare time. I'm not worried about getting scalped on the way to the gas station. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. And so there's a way that that happened. How do you know all Indians did that? Nate. See, look at you. Just listen. They stopped listening a few minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> we can say whatever we want right now. Just it's like it's, making fun of Amish people. You can make fun of Amish people on the podcast all you want. They're not going to hear it. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go. Well, I'm, so just on that point, though, like what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, that's a fair point to bring up. I, of course, don't want to see any violence. Um, and I think the biggest thing as an American, we've been involved in too many wars for too long. We don't have any money. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be sending troops. We shouldn't be putting American lives at risks. Israel, like, sure, stand with Israel, right? We got, we got a kid. Got a kid coming. Good job, bud. I'm proud of you. Now you can eat your chocolate. Yeah, you're a good listener, and I am doing my work. Although I told him not he to come up here. Wanted to show you that he ate yeah. his food. And now he can have chocolate. This is why dads are important. Uh-huh. All kids mm-hmm. want to show their dad what they're doing and get approval. And, and so they can hear that you're proud of them. Exactly. Yep. That's, um, it. that's what being a dad is all about. Anyway, where I'm going with this is that I think America shouldn't be involved on the on the like you can stand with Israel, sure. But here's a few things. One more because I've I've got to finish this show. Yeah, hockey games tonight. You going to a hockey game? Yeah, nice. That's fun. We're gonna go see the Preds tonight. Hey, can you can you come here and tell everyone to subscribe quickly? Okay. Hurry up, and then you got to go back downstairs. Okay. <laughs> tell everyone right here. Tell them to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, please. Please. What else you want to tell them? And else you want. And you tell them, and you tell them good, and you be thank you. Are you for Israel or Hamas? <laughs> Hamas, you Hamas, you be who do you think? And, and whoever is the goodest, whoever's wins. the goodest, okay, wins. Whoever's the goodest, fight it out. <laughs> yeah, he says, fight it out. Goodest yeah. wins. You pray from God, and and mm-hmm. and so far one means. Someone, someone, 
so we can get our yeah, pray Amen. To, pray to God. Amen. There you well, go. Look at that. What about a woman? What wisdom? Amen a and a woman, right? Wisdom. <laughs> and Wait, what about amen and a? And. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your insight, bud. That's really helpful. I appreciate that. Now I can go downstairs. Now you can go downstairs and finish and eat your chocolate. I'm proud of you. He really waited to eat the chocolate. He know? did. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Good job. I think we should listen to Parker. That's the answer right there. Yeah. Whoever's the goodest wins. Whoever's the goodest, pray to God. Yeah. And what do you say? That everyone's I okay? I think everyone's okay. <laughs> Amen and a woman. That's the show. <laughs> Nothing else to say. We can end it there if you want to. Yeah. No, I do I want care. to finish my point. Yeah. Um, thanks, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that... America shouldn't be involved in the account of several things. Like the first one is we don't have any money. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't put American lives at risk. And that Israel is one of the largest militaries that spends a lot of money and they've got very advanced weapons. I think they're going to be just fine on yeah. their own. One of the largest militaries because of all the money that we send. We've already. Yeah, yeah, we've already. How is it given you send, it this much? How is it that as a government, you spend so much money on things and it's never enough. Like if you were to give. Uh, if you were to give Elon Musk a trillion dollars to start a business, you know, he would not have to come to you next year and ask for another trillion dollars to keep his business going. You know, that's just not what would happen. But you have something like the military that we spent $800 billion a year on. And it's like, they can't make it another year. They have to have a whole other $800 billion once again. And then the same thing with Israel. We give them $50 billion. I'm just throwing a number out. We give them $50 billion a year. And like they got to have that again next year. Actually, they need an increase. Yeah, it's got to go up now. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to have to be doubled to, to fight this, this good fight. Mm-hmm. And they, like, they, there's never a way that they become self-sustaining ever. It just it doesn't happen. Yeah. We never expect them to be self-sustaining. No. We just don't. It's so weird that we've accepted that with things that the government does. Now, the, uh, the iron... The, Copperhead uh, says incrementalism. Yeah. The Iron Dome thing for Israel has clearly kept them alive. But as we said the other day on the show, like I think they've made it to a point where they need to be buying their own freaking ammunition for those things. You know? They shouldn't have to rely on us to do it. And maybe if we step back a little bit, they'd find a way to do it themselves. But when you're there with a safety net for someone, or you tell someone that they can live off of you, then they don't need to do it. Isn't that nice that they get to have our money to make sure that they get to keep existing and then their people live there? I'm not not hating on Israel or Israelis right now, but I'm not a fan of governments, okay? Their people get to have their GDP per capita. What do you mean by their people? (laughs) The Jews? Them. Them. The Jews? Over there, yeah. In this case, I literally mean the Jews. Yeah. For most of them, yeah. They they get to keep their money and spend it on them. Like, we're not asking them for money right now. You know, they just want more from us. When do people ever have to be self-sustaining, self-sufficient? I just want to know. Self-sustaining skeleton. I know. I know. We need self-sustaining countries out there, but Mm -hmm. we don't. They're like another state, a complete welfare states for the United States that we keep alive all the time. And I just want to know, I wonder what they would have to do as a country to reprioritize 
some of their funding, maybe away from forced vaccinations for all their people, uh, towards protecting themselves more. I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Just w- Without just, using our money to do just so. Just a, a wonder I have. Because we don't have any. Yeah. I'm all for giving. I, I think you should give. If think, you have extra or prioritize whatever, I think that you should give. That's a good thing. But you can't give when you don't have any money. It's not like, you know, if I get Nate a birthday gift on a credit card that I can't pay, mm. it's not, that's not a good gift. No. You know? Especially if it's a credit card that belongs to someone else that they have to pay off, like your freaking George Santos or something like that. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, look at all this great stuff I got you. George Santos's defense should be, hey, I work in the government. This is what we do here. Yeah. I take money out of other people's names and I spend it without their permission. It's my whole job. Yeah. All right. Literally. I'm in the budget meeting. Actually, for we're this. gonna have to come back to that conversation <laughs> because he's getting accused of doing his job. <laughs> okay. That's a good just place to a, wrap it up. Just at a smaller scale. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about other government waste another time. All right. Coming up, we're gonna go through dumb bleep of the week. We got 10 different submissions those come in via twitter you can find us good am liberty on twitter or x and then the fed haters club join gml.com join gml.com gml stands for good morning liberty that's our daily podcast so don't believe of the week coming up on liberty night and the free talk live network hi i'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me to me Government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. What's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? It's another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. And it's everyone's favorite segment, Dumb Bleep of the Week. If you want to have your submission submitted for Dumb Bleep of the Week so we can maybe talk about it on the show, we'll find us on X. Good AM Liberty or go go to joingml.com. It's only six bucks a month. That's it. Only six bucks a month to save the entire world. Happy Jihad Day, everybody. I hear it's the day of jihad going on around the world. They put a jihad on us, and uh-huh. now we have to worry about that. I'll be honest with you though. Durka, durka. I, I kept <laughs> Muhammad Jihad. <laughs> I kept seeing all these posts about the day of jihad, and I I, w- I gave into it mentally and emotionally. I was like, you know what? I'm going to carry my gun on Friday just in case someone tries to open up a can of Jihad on me. Okay? Yeah. And then I was driving here this morning, and I was like, oh, crap. I forgot my freaking gun. And hopefully that was just a whole bunch of uh, 
like crazy people on Twitter talking about stuff. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe not. Could be something bad happens. You never know what some kind of lone wolf crazy person is going to do. I should carry my gun every day. It's so gall darn uncomfortable, though. And I like to wear these stretchy shorts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like anything being tied around here, and it's just not great for holding the gun. I'm glad you found, you know? I'm glad you found your gun. That was the other problem I had, <laughs> was that I didn't have my scuba gear. I didn't have my certification oh. renewed, and I'm waiting for that to come back. Yeah. So, wasn't able to go get that stuff. Okay, anyways, Dumb Bleep of the Week is the day where we count down the dumbest things that happened over the week. We uh, will go through submissions well, from the we live narrow group. them down because there were there's a lot every week. There's quite a few hundreds, a whole lot of stuff. And we, we Nate don't, spends time to get them down to about ten. We don't do normal. Okay, so here's something we don't do. Here's a dumb bleep submission: uh, Hamas breaking into Israel and kidnapping people and murdering babies and women and children and oh, the elderly. That's not a dumb bleep. It's dumb. It's a really dumb thing, but it's an unfair. Dumb bleep submission. For instance, every week we could put taxation, yeah, on there. Yeah. You know, now it's got to be something Government. specifically that's <laughs> just in general, something like that. Yeah, something women, uh, something just dumb that, <laughs> that people said. And so that's what we try to do to narrow it down every single week. Um, anyway, let's get going to uh, dumb bleep number one. Could you move that Dr Pepper bottle? Why right there for me? Is it's it just a, kind of is it in the shot. It's it's not in the shot. It's in my shot from my camera connected oh, to my brain. Gotcha. So it's just kind of throwing me off a little bit. No, a lady one, in the live group says that it's it's ladies voting. That's dumb. That's coming from her. <laughs> Should we allow women self, to vote in the dumb bleep of the week? <laughs> she, she's a self ident Hopefully they abstain themselves because they realize <sighs> well she's I mean she's saying it. I never said that. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading from this woman in here. Oh, it's a, it feels good to joke. Feels good to joke. Yeah. Uh, and when we start joking, I'll let you know. Number one is Paul <laughs> Krugman, the, uh, the brilliant Nobel Prize winning economist who mm. knows everything there is to know about economics. So we're not just He's starting off one with of the war. guys that purposely leaves out data. <laughs> He's to yeah. make a point. So here's his post. You know, we had the inflation rate come out yesterday. We led with the CPI number yesterday. Well, he posts yesterday that the war on inflation is over. We won at very little cost. And he, pl- he puts this chart out, and you can see inflation on his chart is back down to about 1.9% mm. or so, which is just below the Federal Reserve's target rate for inflation. And then you notice on the chart that this is excluding food, energy, shelter, and used cars. <coughs> and that brings the inflation rate down to to 1.9%. Take that inflation. Mm. That's right, Magoo. Yeah, so if you exclude all the things that are inflating and things that everyone has to buy, for instance, we would die without food and shelter, well, mo- mostly without food, but a lot of us need shelter also, and we need energy, and uh, which is why none of us want to live in Gaza right now, and uh, then use cars as well, then inflation is not... Why don't we just take away everything? Why don't we just remove uh, travel and leisure and just take everything out of there? And then, in fact, you will find that we have 0% inflation. And I think that that is the actual way to do it. It bothers me when these people who present themselves, once again, this has kind of been a theme of the week, people who present themselves as better than everyone else and morally superior and the arbiters of truth and the people who hate misinformation and the economists 
that they come out and they just put out a chart that uh, excludes things that we all need for their. And by the way, Paul Krugman, it's when you mention Krugman, you have to mention this. Nice quote from this brilliant Nobel Prize winning economist in 1998. He said, by 2005 or so, it will become clear that the Internet's impact on the economy has been no greater than the fax machines. So that was a really great prediction from Krugman that the Internet was not going to be any better than the fax mm-hmm. machine. And you should trust him because he's got a Nobel Prize. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, that's dumb bleep number one. Number two goes the jank. I haven't seen jank in a while. I know. Um, hmm. From uh, Young Turks. What? He's running for president. Oh, wow. Yeah, running for president. Mm. How about that? Now, that's that's fine. Okay, that's fine. He's running for president against Biden for the Democratic nomination. Okay. He said Biden is down 24 points on the economy, has no ability to make up that kind of ground on the most important issue. We need a new candidate now. Now, Jenk thinks he's going to be way better on the economy than Joe Biden is. Uh, but... uh there's one problem. There's one problem. Well, let's one more thing. Just to add on to this, he's already got a thousand donors to his campaign. He's got people giving him money for running for president. They believe in the jank, and he's going to come out here and fix our economy, and he's going to beat Joe Biden, and he's going to beat Donald Trump. And so they're all giving that money out there. People know that he's going to fight for them, and they know Biden's going to lose. We have to do something about it right now. And the problem is, Charlie? Uh, he was born in Turkey. Mm, yeah. Istanbul, Constantinople. He's, he's Istanbul. like uh, constitutionally not allowed to run for president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I think is even dumber than him launching this campaign, knowing that, is that he's but even... does he know that? He's, he knows it. He's even soliciting donations from people and taking donations. That's bad is on his part. Is this campaign fraud? It's, this knowing is what, that you can't become president, is it okay to accept donations knowing that you legally can't actually hold the office it's what you call a grift i guess but um i don't know if it is fraud like he he literally can't hold office and he knows that he's still taking donations and then the even dumber people i guess could be the people that are donating to him (laughs) also yeah and just giving you're giving your money to someone's presidential campaign that you know can't now i get it we donate to libertarians and stuff too okay so Mm -hmm. i guess everyone's free to do with their money as they please. No offense, Libertarian Party. I was considering joining the Libertarian Party on my way to work today. And uh, then I realized, whew, that's a long time since I fell asleep and I was driving. It was a bad dream. Uh, number three, Nancy, Nancy Mace. Charlie's busy working, so I'm just going to keep doing this over here. I know, he's got stuff to do. Go that's for fine. it. Nancy Mace, she came back to Congress after voting to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and she was wearing a scarlet letter. On her shirt, she literally has a scarlet A. Mm. Look at this. Oh, hey, hold on. Charlie forgot to switch this over to the podcast sound. Yeah, that's me. And so now that we have fixed Charlie's mistake, we will officially listen to this. I'm wearing the scarlet letter after the week that I just had last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. I'm here to let the rest of the world know and the country know I'm on the side of the people. I'm not on the side of the establishment. And I'm going to do the right thing every single time, no matter the consequences, because I don't answer to anybody in D.C. I don't answer anyone in Washington. I only answer to the people. Thank you. I'm wearing. Okay. Empowering. Yeah. Motivational. <clears throat> riveting. 
she wants you to know and churlish that she has been persecuted as a woman for voting against Kevin McCarthy. All right. Mm -hmm. Because people were hard on her for doing this. And so she wants to wear the scarlet letter adulterer uh, because that's what the scarlet Mm -hmm. letter is for. Uh, But, but anyhow, um, she wants to wear this because she is a victim and people have criticized her because she is the only woman that voted against Kevin McCarthy she also said she wanted Jim Jordan to be the speaker, and Jim Jordan said he wanted Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker. <laughs> so that was also yeah. kind of funny at the same time. And you couldn't um, see it in this video, but she <laughs> went right over to a fire alarm and pulled it right after this. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, I'm reading some stuff in the group. That you got to go to the Fed Haters Club. You got to go to joingml.com so you can... So you can hang out with mm-hmm. the uh, with the club. Anyhow, hey, Nancy Mace is pretty good on some things, but this is a really dumb, really, really dumb move. I don't know whose fault this is. It was, can't, well, it's, it's technically her fault at the end of the day. Um, but one, you need to know what the scarlet letter uh, is for. And two, don't just come out and say that people have been hard on you for voting against the speaker because you're a woman. That's not something conservatives do. That's something these crazy leftists do all right so let's move that was dumb bleep number three by the way all right we're moving quite we're moving along quite well right now big news big news last night they finally got the paperwork filed over there at the cia um but they've acknowledged that the it's a odd timing you know <laughs> odd timing right it's kind of weird timing for yeah. the cia uh, but they publicly acknowledged that the 1953 coup backed in Iran was undemocratic. <laughs> you're telling me, hang on, wait, you're telling me that a secret takeover of an entire country's government. Of a democratically elected government. Of a, of a democratically mm-hmm. elected president mm-hmm. to help back and stage a coup secretly, <laughs> that that's undemocratic. Okay. All right. Out of Dubai, uh, while revealing new details about one of the most famed CIA operations of all times, the spiriting out of six American diplomats who escaped the 1979 U.S. Embassy seizure in Iran, the intelligence agency for the first time has acknowledged something else as well. The CIA now officially describes the 1953 coup it backed in Iran that overthrew its prime minister and cemented the rule of Shah Mohammad Raiz Pavlavi, 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 as undemocratic. I what I hope is that we have serious reforms to these agencies. Isn't it amazing though? How? Hold on, I want to tell you about my reforms. Okay. Number one, you go in and you you file this paperwork. From now on, I only want democratic coups. Okay. I don't want any of these undemocratic coups. Exactly. When you overthrow a government, I when when you take away people's elected rep, representation, their elected leaders, I want you to do it in a democratic fashion. Okay, that's it. That's the biggest reform. CIA is fine. Other than that, I hope that they went ahead and wrote that into the rules. Yeah. For the playbook. Yeah. Exactly. Isn't it interesting though how we have all these conspiracy theories? They're made fun of exactly, and then the government will literally tell you. I saw this meme. It's like every 20 I saw, years. I saw that. Right? Yeah. It's been going around all over the place. Every lately. 20 years, the government will admit that you were right 
about some conspiracy and people just move along like it's nothing mm-hmm. like it's nothing. And that, and every time we come out with questions, they'll be like, here's how, you know, when they call you a liar and they say that you're wrong and they like are really harping on it, that's how, you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out in about 20 or so years. Now this took 70, 70 years yeah. to come out. We're only about in, I think at this rate in 10 years, uh, we should be able to know who actually shot JFK mm. uh, because that was in 63. So if our, if that's our time horizon, if that's our window back into the past, you see, they have this they wait a whole generation. They have, no, they have this gateway open to the past and it's just 70 years back in the future, you know, mm-hmm. that we have back in the past. Sorry. You can't yeah. go back can't 70 go years back into to the, the future. future. Yeah. It's you crazy. Know. Yeah. Crazy idea. You'd never make a movie about that. <laughs> uh-uh. Okay. So we should be able to figure out who shot JFK. There's something that they don't want us. I mean, if the story is exactly what the story is, then they would just release all the JFK files. Yeah. But they're not going mm-hmm. to. So we know that there's something going on. Other Anyhow, American officials have made similar remarks in the past with the CIA's acknowledgement in a podcast. They have their own podcast. About the agency's history comes as much of its official history of the coup remains classified. 70 years after the putsch. That complicates the public's understanding of an event that still resonates as tensions remain high between Tehran and Washington over the Islamic Republic's rapidly advancing nuclear program and aiding of militia groups across the Mideast as it cracks down on dissent. Now imagine, God, just imagine if Iran helped back and stage a coup to overthrow an American president that was democratically elected. Now, people on the right might not be upset that they're going to remove Biden, and it might not be that hard. Yeah. You know? You don't have to imagine that hard. The answer is we'd be willing to spend hundreds of billions of dollars uh, paying another country to fight them. To trillions. Just like we've been paying Ukraine to fight Russia. Mm -hmm. You know? Because in the eyes of a lot of people, we did have a Russia-backed coup of the United States election system in Mm -hmm. in a Russian plant installed. So... It's not that hard to imagine what we would do. Mm-hmm. We'd go to war with them. So, yep. uh, okay, that's number four. That's fun. Well, I think it's important, you know, that the United States, because we live here, we're Americans, should take responsibility and accountability for some of the things that we've done around the world that has led to not peace. Not peace. You know, and then you can certainly understand other people's position. You can have empathy for them. Now, of course, you don't condone war or violence or whatever, but you can certainly have some empathy for people to understand like, Hmm, if I were in their sandals, they don't wear shoes. shoes. If I were in their shoes or sandals, I, they're kind of rich though over there with that oil money. I can understand like Birkenstocks or something. I can understand that if another government came in, you know, thinking they were all knowing and all powerful, and they overthrew the, the president that I had elected that was fair and square. You know, that mm-hmm. you might be angry about that. Yeah. You might so, be angry to this day. Yeah. About it. Yep. Anyway, uh, blame, just a way for us to take accountability and, and have some understanding. Blame America first or Charlie That's, Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't believe number five. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm an American and all we can do is take responsibility for our own actions. That's all we can do. Yeah. You can't control <clears throat> other people. Mm-hmm. What you can do is be like, hey, we made some mistakes. And we're real sorry about that. 
and we're going to try to make it better. But we're going to keep electing the same people that uh, still yeah. make all those mistakes. Hey, uh, Dumbly number five, BLM Chicago and many other BLM chapters posting really oh dumb stuff God. like this. Okay. This is an actual BLM Chicago post. Jesus. And uh, many of you saw it going around, but it is a uh, paraglider with a Palestinian flag on it. And it says, uh, I stand with Palestine. That's coming from BLM Chicago. Now, <clears throat> It is one thing. It is it is one thing to What does that mean? That is all that is it. I think it just means like that's the that's the tweet. That's it. That's the oh. tweet. Like that's all I got to say. That is all that's what they that mean. is it. <clears throat> that is that is all that is it. That is yeah. all that is it. Yeah. That is all that is it. <laughs> exactly. So I stand with Palestine. It is one thing to say that you stand with Palestine in the in the land dispute as the long conversation we had before this podcast. Uh, we hit record. We talked a lot about this. Um, it's one thing to have that nuanced conversation about who's in the right over whose land this is and all that. I think that I think that that is a very real conversation that people should have. Um, it's another thing to seemingly back these paragliders who came in to a music festival and massacred 260 young people who were enjoying a great high at the time at the rave that they were at mm-hmm. and listening to music and having fun, having a good time. And they just came in and they just mowed down uh, over 200 defenseless people. But how many people were there though? I don't know how many people were there. Thousands, probably, at this Not music sure. festival. They sure. only got 260. I mean, that seems mostly peaceful to me. That's true. If you statist- so I can understand. Statist- in fact, in the grand scheme of the entire population of Israel, it was a mostly peaceful day if you look at the numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the- I can see the correlation <laughs> of how they. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the issue here is that this is BLM, and this really is uh, a nice window into their ideology and it's not like i said it's not just a palestinian land dispute with israel it's not just that it's we support retaking this land by any means necessary including a surprise attack and murdering hundreds of innocent civilians who had nothing to do with anything Mm -hmm. okay and that kind of gives you a nice window into the ideology that is BLM, and, which is what people have been saying for it's quite hate. a long time. They they go on, they got to make sure that we all know that they're victims. I know that stuff's going on in Israel and Palestine, but don't forget about black people in America, of course. You know, people in Palestine, when they're having a tough day, they're like, yeah, but have some gratitude. Think about black people in America. Mm, exactly. You know? Uh, go ahead, Charlie, if you want to read. Black stuff. Lives Matter uh, grassroots stands in solidarity with our Palestinian family who are currently resisting 57 years of settler colonialism and apartheid as black people continue to, to uh, the fight to end militarism and mass incarceration in our own communities. Let us understand the resistance in Palestine as an attempt to tear down the gates of the world's largest open air prison. As a radical black organization grounded in abolitionist ideas, we see clear parallels between black and Palestinian people. We, too, understand what it means to be surveilled, dehumanized, property seized, family separated, our people criminalized and slaughtered with, impu- with impunity, locked up in droves, and when we resist, they call us terrorists. Now, that kind of... Mm. 
We too dream of a world where our people may live freely on decolonized mm. land. May the borders, checkpoints, prisons, police, and watch lists that terrorize our communities crumble. And may the world we build from their ashes honor those who have fallen in struggle. They clearly telling you what their what their <laughs> goals are. Yeah. Now they dream of a world where our people may live freely on decolonized land. No, they don't, because that would mean I'm not saying that this is what they have to do. I'm saying that what you're saying means you need to go. You'd have to go back to your homeland because you would still be colonizing Native Americans' land. And that's not what you're okay with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what you're saying is that they should just be able to kill all of you. And that's, that's not what you're saying either. You yeah. see how important this conversation is yes. when talking back to mm-hmm. people saying dumb things. Yeah. All right. Coming up, we're going to go through the rest of the dumb bleeps. What does bleep stand for? I really have no idea. It just rhymes with a week. And I guess it sounds cool. You can make it. Whatever word you want, it's probably not okay for us to say on the radio. Once again, if you want to have your submissions entered into the Dumb Leap of the Week running so we can make it a Dumb Leap of the Year, the winner gets a trophy sent to them, then go to joingml.com. It's only six bucks a month and you can hang out with us live every single day of the week on our podcast, which is Good Morning Liberty. We do every day. We'll be right back on Liberty at Night. What's up? We are back. It's Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. And we are going through the dumb bleep of the week right now. That's where everyone gets the vote on the dumbest thing that was said in politics over the previous week. And we vote. The live group gets the vote on it. The Fed Haters Club, join gml.com. They vote. We see what the winner is. They go into a bracket challenge at the end of the year called Dumb Leap of the Year. I know. Clever name. You're welcome. And then the winner of that gets a trophy. Whoever said the dumbest thing, they get a trophy saying that they did the dumbest thing that year. And the person who submitted that also gets a trophy for submitting to me to put on the show the dumbest thing in politics that was said that year. Last year's winner, I believe, was Kamala Harris. And I don't remember what the winner was the year before that. I think it has something to do with the uh, vaccine. I'm not really sure what the rules are, you know, but that's that's what it was. If you're just joining us and you missed the first segment, well, the first segment, we went through four and a half of the dumb leaps. And we're, we're currently in the middle of one right now, which we'll pick up very shortly. But number one was Paul Krugman, the Nobel Prize winning economist who once said that the Internet would be no different for the economy than the fax machine. Yes, that guy uh, writes for the New York Times and posts a lot of dumb stuff on Twitter. Well, he posted out the inflation report saying that we had beat inflation and showing that the inflation rate was down at 1.9%. Of course, he showed a graph that did not include food or energy or, I think, housing. Uh, I mean, basically anything that's that's really expensive, 
fuel, stuff like that. If you take out things that matter to people every single day that we have to pay for, then according to Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman, we have beat inflation. Number two was Jank. We call him Jank. I don't know how you actually say his name from the Young Turks. Um, he's running for president on the Democratic side, has absolutely no chance of winning. And if he were to even win, he has no chance of being president because he wasn't even born in the United States. But he is still soliciting donations from his idiots, his followers. And he's had, he said, over a thousand different donations come in so far, running for president, doing it for good reasons. I mean, he's being honest, at least. He doesn't like Joe Biden, and he's a progressive socialist, and so he doesn't think that Biden has been far enough left over the last few years. Number three was Nancy Mace, Congresswoman Nancy Mace, showing up last week to Congress with a big red letter A on her shirt, wearing her scarlet letter because she's been persecuted as a woman for being a woman and for voting against Kevin McCarthy for a speaker, and everyone is giving her a hard time about that. And, of course, they're only giving her a hard time because she's a woman. And I'm not sure if she knows what that scarlet letter is actually historically all about. But anyway, it's kind of dumb for a GOP congresswoman to be out there saying that people are being mean to her because she's a woman. Kind of cuts against a lot of arguments people make all the time. Number four was the CIA finally announcing that their coup that they backed in Iran back in 1953, uh, which kicked off a lot of our Middle East problems that we have right now, they've officially admitted that that was, in fact, not democratic for them to back a coup for the democratically elected government there. And number five, we're in right now BLM Chicago. We were in the middle of that one when we took a break. Let's get right back into it. And they also, you know, dehumanized, property seized, families separated, are people criminalized and slaughtered with impunity, locked up in droves. Now, some of this is history, and some of this stuff still kind of goes up, you, goes on. You could say locked up in droves when you look at the when you look at the prison population. I guess when we resist, they the call war on us, drugs. When we resist, they call us terrorists. Um, you. BLM were doing were were doing terrorism. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Now, like you, you can't. Now, when we you can't would, call breaking into a store and and then stealing everything out of it and then setting it on fire. Yeah, like, that's not resistance of someone who had nothing to do with, with what. Like that kind of makes you Hamas at that time. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Well, that's what they're saying. <laughs> that we understand. not exactly. Not exactly. I in know. A, in a way, they're saying like we empathize with Hamas. They are yeah. actually. Yeah, because I forgot about that. They're basically saying that Hamas's attack is is resistance mm-hmm. for fifty seven years of settler colonialism and apartheid. So, yeah, when we resist, they call us terrorists. That's true. Also. When we resist, they call us terrorists, Charlie. <laughs> if we were to hold a, if we were to hold a protest against people being locked down and not able to go to work, would be terrorists. If you just time. have a Gadsden flag, yeah, you're a terrorist. Yeah. So, uh, well, welcome to the party, pal. That's just how it goes. Okay. Only except for when you actually do terrorist things that are right about it. Yeah. Okay. Number six, Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report. Mm. 
Making dumb bleep, huh? Making dumb bleep as him as himself, not even just something that he posted as, as something he said. All right, because uh, someone posted this news about France banning pro-Palestine protests, which I happen to think is dumb. And in fact, if you look at the reaction to this, they've created some of the largest pro-Palestine protests that you've ever seen since they tried to since ban them. <laughs> because that's how it goes. Yeah. Don't be an idiot is the rule. How about just don't hurt anyone and don't take their stuff in your protests. Don't violate people's rights. And, mm-hmm. and you hold people who do that accountable. But anyway, they decide that they're going to ban pro-Palestine protests, <clears throat> even if they're peaceful protests. I don't agree uh, with that. And Dave Rubin responds and says, maybe the West has a chance. And the way that the West has a chance, this West of free, you know, uh, liberal, val- I don't mean like left liberal, but liberalism, values, freedom of speech. By taking other Bill people's freedoms away. Yeah. The West has a chance <laughs> if we just ban the right protests, you know? Yeah. Now, you wouldn't want that to then get turned around and have your protest banned, similar mm-hmm. to what we were just talking about previously. See our previous Dumb Bleep where we mentioned uh, like lockdown protests, stuff like that, maybe election protests, stuff like that. Um, but if as long as the West decides to ban the right protests at the right time, then we have a chance. Mm. And that's... That's dumb. That's dumb, Dave. That's mm-hmm. a Dave dumb of the week mm-hmm. right there. Not normally, he's. I don't think he's ever been submitted for Dumb Bleep of the Week before. All right, but some. the problem is when you get super emotional about things, and I get it. Some people, when they see kids getting slaughtered, they get really emotional, mm-hmm. you know? In fact, pretty much everyone does. You know, you thought I was going <laughs> to... Except you. No, no, I get emotional about it for sure. <laughs> but I don't make decisions based off of that emotion, and I feel like a lot of you people have been doing that. No, I don't get happy. You feel the happy it's emotion. Gross. <laughs> it's gross. Nate hates kids. <laughs> Not that much. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, please. <laughs> Midas Touch. Number seven. Um, I... Go ahead, however you want to explain this one. They, I mean, All right. this is something we did an episode about so earlier in the Charlie week. Charlie Kirk and DJT Jr., Donald Trump Jr., they've tweeted about some guns, mm. you know, mm-hmm. pew-pews. Charlie says, we have no idea who is in our country, just a matter of time before a sleeper cell is activated. They're going to wake them up. Mm-hmm. Buy guns. Protect your family and those closest to you. Donald Trump Jr. said, if you don't yet own an AR-15, you really need to think that through right about now. Right about now. I happen to agree with the sentiment of both, both of those posts. Yeah, imagine, like, okay, because we, we talked about this a couple days ago, that Israel needs a Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And it's because Hamas terrorists were able to go door-to-door, and people weren't able to defend themselves. Now, they were going door-to-door with, like, AK-47s and stuff, <clears> and then people were, you know... They were saying, hey, please don't yeah. rape me. Yeah, it didn't work. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it didn't work. You know, and they, they raped and kidnapped By the way, a lot people. of the people where they really went through was that, was that uh, kibbutz, which is a commune. And I, I've been trying to look it up. This is unverified reporting because I'm making it up right now. It's an assumption. Um, I'm wondering if in an Israeli kibbutz, which is basically a commune, if uh, you have the right to even own guns inside of that commune yep. at oh. all. And I'm sorry, they were going door with M4s, mm. American weapons. Yeah, yeah, they have, not AKs. <laughs> sorry. No, they got American not, weaponry out there. They got American now, not <laughs> Russian. All right. Midas Touch, um, 
posts a screenshot and says, such reckless and dangerous rhetoric coming from the right. They are thirsting for an attack on American citizens. No. That One literally, team. they're saying, hey, you should protect yourself and your family. And then now you're thirsting for an attack on American citizens. That don't make no sense. No. That dog don't float. I don't want attacks to happen, especially not to me. Okay. But... I think it would be smart to be prepared if something... It's like saying that having a military is thirsting for an attack on your country. Like, no, you just have some defense. Okay? That's what's that's what's going on. Um, anyhow, mm. that was dumb. Mm-hmm. That was really dumb. You checked out there Very for a minute, so I wasn't ready for it. I was reading a little bit <clears throat> of the live group here. I um, saw um, Israel leveling. There's one thing I got to say. They gave like this 24-hour notice for the northern part of Gaza to be evacuated. And it's a 1.1 million people, I believe, is the the total I've been seeing for them. They got 24 hours to get out of Dodge, and now it's a, it's 25 miles total is the the strip, and so it's not the longest walk anyone's ever had to do. Uh, and then they're going to go in and just what freaking level the place, and they're going to go in with troops. And I really think that that's an unreasonable warning for over a million people to. To get out of town. That's a camel go jam. somewhere else. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know. Why am I not allowed to I say know. jokes? I, I laughed. Yeah, I, mean. I laughed at your joke. That's fine. Okay. Oh, uh, we got to That keep really moving. must be tough, though. I mean, yeah. It's, it's hard to get out of Bridgestone Arena when there's like 17,000 people. Darn near impossible. Imagine, you know, a million. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have. American taxation to build those roads over there. No, they don't. They're not able to do it. Okay. Walking across sand. A real fast one. The sand slows you down. It's you know? They've got some roads. I don't think it's just oh. desert that they got to go through. You know, yeah, but everybody can't 40 fit. days out there. Everybody can't fit on those roads. I has, mean, has, been, has Netanyahu considered going up there and just going, let my people go. Stay. He wants okay. them to stay. No, he wants to. They want the hostages back oh that's oh. the whole thing yeah. i think that that would work i'm just saying it's worth a shot you could also say okay. let my people stay because you know hey stop attacking my people who want to stay here in this in this holy ground this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't really know which path to take maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little love. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past, and honestly, it helped me quite a lot. Changed my life, made me who I am today. And our co-host, Charlie, he's still using BetterHelp to this day. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Number eight, because you have 14 minutes left, right. and we have two important ones after this. All right. This is from the new voice of Ukraine. Yeah, so uh, this is the Ukrainian report. Okay. U.S. plans to bundle aid to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan in one bill. Taiwan? Is that how you're saying it these days? Taiwan. Taiwan? Taiwan. 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 <laughs> Taiwan. <laughs> U.S. plans to bundle aid to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan in one bill. 
Now, this sounds exactly like something that we're definitely going to do because mm. the aid to Ukraine was stalled. Congress not super happy about that. So if they put it all together, we're getting rid of the speaker of the house. That? You know, we're not going to do the Ukraine aid and any bills. But now, if you bundle Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan all together, and I heard that they're going to put border security in there yeah. too. And they, if you call now, you can get the package for <laughs> five easy payments. You get like fifteen percent off of each one when of, you do that. Of nineteen billion, five easy payments of nineteen billion. It's call now. A bad deal. Act now. It's not a bad deal when you bundle, Charlie. <laughs> know. Everyone knows bundling saves money. It does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you bundle your your home, your auto, Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. If you bundle all those together, yeah, you'll save fifteen percent or more. No, this is what you do. This is what you do. People didn't want to keep get funding Disney Plus for three months. Didn't want to keep funding Ukraine, but you are not going to vote against aid for Israel these days. Right. Just not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> some people will, but some people will not. Now you got some people who would not vote for aid for Israel in the house, but they don't want to vote against aid for Ukraine. And so what do you do? You bundle them together. You get everyone to vote on one really bad thing because yep. it's got one thing that they like inside of it. Mm-hmm. Business as usual. Sir, if you uh, vote now, you get the multi-country discount. <laughs> Thanks, Copperhead. Number nine. We can have so many punchlines about that. <laughs> from the LA Times. Fantastic. Number nine from the LA Times. Researchers, this is important. This is very important. Uh, in the midst of everything going on, it's important to spend time on uh, things that matter. The LA Times says researchers say that LA's bird species are remarkably remarkably segregated. The bird species are segregated in LA. In a new study, they argue that the difference in bird populations is a lasting consequence of racist, of racist home lending practices from decades ago, as well as modern wealth disparities. That's right. Number one, thank you, big Gus. Birds aren't real. Charlie had to step out for a second. Sound like he got a phone call. That was important. Okay. Number one, birds aren't real. We all know that. Number two, this is very important. The birds are segregated. The white people have all the best birds. Okay, we know that. You guys have grown up. If you're white, you know you got the best birds. You're repping your birds. And when you go to school, check out the birds around my house. Very important stuff. Historically, red line non-white communities have less tree canopy and greater housing density than green line neighborhoods. I don't doubt I don't doubt that like a here's the thing a nicer neighborhood has got more tree lined streets as the city folk call them uh, a nicer neighborhood has those and that's going to have more birds okay it's not that hard and it doesn't just have to be a racial thing this is just a wealth thing okay they got more birds out there they got a whole article about this thing talking about all the different species of birds that Black people are missing out on, I guess. I hate birds, okay? We don't need them. They crap all over everything. That's not important, all right? They make a mess. You put out a bird feeder, they will make a gall darn mess. Plus, it attracts the squirrels, which are cute rats. We all know that, okay? Uh, what researchers said, a vivid illustration, they're talking about these nice birds, of the so-called luxury effect, the phenomenon by which wealthier, typically whiter areas attract a larger, more diverse population of birds, the huge difference in wealth separated by only a few miles really surprised me when I first moved there. And they're talking once again. Who funds this stuff? Like, really, the LA Times? Did the LA Times do this? Who funds the research? 
That's what I want to know. Probably the government, I bet. Probably your money. Number 10. Let's move on to something even more important than the last one. NBC News posts posts out, California's newly enacted Ebony Alert law is the first of its kind in the nation to prioritize the search for black youth gone missing. The Ebony Alert to find missing black children in California. Governor Newsom signed the bill into law on Sunday, making California the first state to create a segregated alert notification system. That's not what they said, but that's what I said. Similar to an Amber Alert, but Amber is white, and we have to go after black people when they are missing to address the crisis of missing black children and young women. The law, which will go into effect on Jan 1, will allow the California Highway Patrol to activate the alert upon request from local law enforcement when a black youth goes missing in the area. The Ebony Alert will utilize electronic highway signs and encourage use of radio, TV, social media, and other alert systems to spread information about the missing person's alert. The Ebony Alert will be used for missing black people aged 12 to 25. (sighs) What? Okay. Two things. Really dumb idea. First off, given the principle of the matter, the principle is that when people see Amber Alerts or when they see that there is a black person missing, they don't care as much as when a white person cares. And now you just put a filter on it for them. Like if that's your idea, if that's the thing that they don't pay attention to this, um, you just put a filter on the alert system for them and gave them an alert that they know they don't need to pay attention to. If that is your idea, that they just don't care when a black person goes missing. All right. Number two, these alerts, like Amber Alerts, don't even, who who got an Amber Alert? And they're like, oh, yeah, I saw the alert on my phone. The girl was right there. Called them in. Now we found her. That's happened probably like two times ever in the world. What I want to know is, can we make like a completely segregated alert system? Would that be okay? Could we make a Caucasian alert? Or a, what would you call, I mean, the Asian alert, I think would be a good thing. Starting to sound kind of weird. The thing is, he knows that this is just him playing to a base to make sure that he can get votes or whatever so he can get support. Because it's a stupid idea that's not actually going to help find anyone, given the fact that the idea is that people don't pay attention to the alert when black people go missing. And you just told them that this is a specific missing black alert. So why are they going to pay any more attention? It makes no sense. In fact, the only reason it would matter is if black people don't pay attention to all the other alerts because there's so many white people. And now you just want to give one for for black people to be on the the lookout for. It's actually uh, reversely racist when you think about it. Okay, we made it all the way up to the end of the hour. There are there is a channel, as everyone knows, that is called Dumbleep of the Week Vote D B O T Dub Vote. All right, number one was Paul Krugman and the CPI. Number two was Jank, Young Turks, taking donations from people when he's not even constitutionally eligible to run for president. Number three was Nancy Mason, the Scarlet Letter. Number four was the CIA admitting that them overthrowing a government was not democratic. Number five was the BLM Chicago Post. Number six was the uh, Dave Rubin, Maybe the West has a chance post. By the way, the West has a chance because they're banning peaceful protests, according to him and his eyes. 
Number seven was the uh, Midas Touch post saying that we are thirsting for violence by recommending to people that they have weapons to defend themselves if violence happens. No, that's just being ready, just in case violence happens. Okay. Number eight was the Ukraine aid package with Israel and Taiwan. And I believe I heard a a report about it having border security in it too. Uh, We'll see. As we know, they they like to put the bundles together so we save money. Number nine, the L.A. racist birds. And number 10, the ebony alert. Y'all get your votes in while I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now that you need to get yourself over to GodHatesFeds.com and grab a shirt. Okay, get your finest God Hates Feds shirt. You can get a Power Corrupt shirt. You can get that shirt that's got all of the agencies and departments on it that looks like the American flag, says Land of the Free on it. Okay. You can also, you can just go to BernieLies.com if you want to know where to find the links to everything. If you type in BernieLies.com, it'll take, uh, you can you can get our YouTube link, our Twitter X link, our Instagram link, or the link to our show, which you don't need right now because you're currently listening to the show. We know that. And so you can find the links to everything by going to BernieLies.com or to the Fed Haters Club, which you can join for only six bucks a month by going to joingml.com. All right. Someone's got to pull a vote somewhere because we spread out the entire group uh, between several different things here. Um, right now, we have a, we have a four-way tie. We have a five-way tie. Nope, 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 nope. Never mind. We got one that's winning. Going once, going twice, going three times, and we're sold. It is California's Ebony Alert. Great job, California. Great job, California, for finally winning something. Unfortunately, it was Dumb Bleep of the Week. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Liberty at Night on the Free Talk Live Network. And thanks to the folks over there at Free Talk Live for picking us up, letting us come on every Tuesday night and hang out with you all all over the country. Once again, you can find our daily podcast, Good Morning Liberty, on our favorite podcast app. And you can find us on Free Talk Live every Tuesday night. some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com